Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to Hunting Seasons, the podcast that dares to binge watch, deep dive, and break down a season of television each and every week. I'm Broderick Gordis. I'm Damask Leary. And today we'll be discussing The Good Place Season 3. And to do that, we are joined by our good friend and artist extraordinaire, Sean Kirkpatrick. Shawnee, how are you doing? Oh, I'm so good. You always give me such flattering intros. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to have you back, man. We're looking forward to doing this since we did Season 1 and Season 2 with you yeah. last year. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, what's news? What's, what are you up to? What's happening? Well, it's been about a year since I last talked to you. At in, all. In podcast land. Oh, so in podcast you, yeah. well, I, well, I only associate with you two <laughs> on the podcast. Mm. Yep. Obviously. We've never met before we started doing the podcast. You just yeah. walked into the studio and you're like, are we talking about the good place? <laughs> <laughs> Strange. Uh, um, it's, it's, you got married, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah. So in oh, that, that was in last that time, year. I got, yeah, I know. Last year felt like 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It was just before marriage. So now mm. I have... Uh, well, I'm glad I remembered that for you. Yeah. Yes. So, a, tr- a true friend. <laughs> yeah. So now I have three kids and one of them's already <laughs> off the rails. So <laughs> You do have a dog. Mm. Yeah, we had we I had the dog last year, bro. That's true. Sorry, it was only a tiny puppy then. Right now, he's you a, just told me he's only a year old, slightly so. bigger puppy. Okay, for sure. <laughs> uh, Damask, how are you doing? Good morning. Good morning to you both. This is a little unusual. We don't normally record so early in the morning. Before dawn? No, we don't. But here we are. <laughs> so, well, before dawn, it can slip into like the the next day sometimes. But this um. If this has a different energy, maybe it's because of that. Who knows? Mm. Maybe it'll be better. Maybe it'll be stinky. We'll find out. I mean, I quite, I quite like. I mean, I'm a morning person though. So oh, yeah, what? same. Yeah, I did not know this about you. I feel betrayed knowing. Why? That. Well, I don't trust. It's just morning because people. you stay up every night until like three a.m. I have Kingdom Hearts to play, all right? And then <laughs> merge like a drunk bear out of your room. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's extremely accurate. Yeah, I know. I've lived with you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get straight into things. Off topic, hot topic. Uh, that's whatever you were talking about for you. Off topic, hot topic is our news and views segment where we get to talk about the headlines of the TV world and discuss the stuff we've been watching that isn't this week's season of television. If you'd like to contribute a topic or story to Off Topic, Hot Topic, you can do so by emailing us at contact at huntingseasonspodcast.com or tweeting us at huntingscast. News in fuller. <gasps> we got something. Well, this is one I've been holding on to for a little while, actually. Uh, I found this one in our little sort of our Christmas break, our uh, end of year break. Um, and it's not necessarily news, but it's a fun little article that I just wanted to bring your attention to some of this. Mm. This was the hardest effect I ever pulled off. 36 filmmakers, cinematographers, and effects artists on making the impossible happen. This is a Vulture article. Oh, great. And one Sounds of, nerdy. One of the... Uh, one of the people they spoke to was Brian Fuller. So I'm just going uh, a few choice quotes 
from um, what he's talking about. Mm. So this is the hardest effect he ever pulled off as a TV maker. Quote, the first thing that comes to mind is the man-eating vagina sequence from American Gods because that was something where we had so many different moving pieces. Mm. We had a woman who was getting bigger with every shot and a man who was getting smaller with every shot in a room that was staying the same and a bed that was staying the same. Then we had to put the shrinking man and the growing woman in the same shot and have him being pulled into her vagina. With a woman swallowing a man with her vagina, you would think like, okay, well, you need a prosthetic labia or turtleneck to pull over the shoulders and neck of the gentleman being absorbed. <laughs> that was something we looked at. We looked at a big latex. We've all late- thought about that while putting on a turtleneck. <laughs> we looked at a big latex labia mm. and just and it just seemed silly. It was the strangest shawl collar that it, you will ever see on a runway. It didn't quite secure the surrealism of the sequence that we needed because it was physical and it was right there on an actor. You could see the skin texture of a giant vagina was different than the skin texture of a normal-sized man who was shrinking to get inside a goddess. Mm. We didn't want to give the audience anything to giggle at, and that was part of the difficulty. End quote. There is more to it, but I just loved the sequence of words that was in there, <laughs> talking about prosthetic labias and I've, I've actually started a new ska band called Big Latex Labia. So. <laughs> Turtleneck Labia. Yeah. Yeah, nice. <laughs> Um, some headlines for you, just some really quick ones. Uh, Pamela Adlon's Better Things returns to FX on Feb 28th for a Louis C.K. free third season. He has mm. been removed from that completely as far as we can tell, which is interesting. Um, we haven't got around. Have you watched that yet, Better Things? No. No, I need to get around to doing that. I planned on doing it and then the whole thing happened and I just like, just like no I would mind. still like, especially if he's been sort of extradited from that. Mm. I really like I wonder how she feels know. about that. Because mm. they're one very good friend slash love ours. So yeah. That'd be interesting. Uh, Jordan Peele's Twilight Zone reboot premieres on April 1st. Well, this at least is the thing? Yes. Oh, cool. Uh, the first Twilight episode- Zone? The Twilight Zone reboot. Yeah, good. For some reason, I read that as Twilight. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> also, I would, I would jump to see yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, I would love to see <laughs> that, actually. Uh, yeah, Twilight Zone re- reboot premieres on April 1st. Some people are a bit sceptical of that date. Because it's a Monday and the rest of the show is meant to be coming out on Thursdays, apparently. And like, oh, this is going to be an April Fool's joke. Are we going to show up? And Jordan Peele's just going to be like, ha ha, trick jizz. It's really in three days. I don't know. The internet uh, thinks too much, but yeah. <laughs> it does. But uh, apparently they're going to start with two episodes for the first um, cool. premiere. So that's cool. I'm interested. Uh, Game of Thrones, for those who haven't heard, the final season will begin on April 14th. Hadn't with heard, six so thank you. movie long episodes. So get ready for that. Uh, and just a couple little bits of news here as well. Cal Penn, single camera comedy, scores pilot order at NBC. NBC. This is an article via Joe Otterson at Variety. So do you, remember, do you know who Cal Penn is? Of course. No. Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> He's uh, one half of Harold and Kumar. Is probably yeah, right. most famous for. He's a writer. He uh, worked as I was a getting speech him and Penn Badgley mixed up. <laughs> and he's in that stupid... Oh, and Penn and Teller as well. Where are all these pens coming from? <laughs> Americans got-, got weird names. <laughs> um, they name their sons after themselves. It's fucking weird. Anyway, go on. He worked uh, as a script writer, I believe, or like for Obama as well. He worked in the Obama administration for a while. He was on the campaign truck. Anyway, I'll read from why this is interesting. I brought this up. I'll read from the article. Penn also co-wrote The Untitled Project with Matt Murray, with both attached executive producers. It follows former... This is the premise of the show. It follows the former New York City Councilman Gareth Shah, or or Saar, played by Penn, who finds his calling when faced with six recent immigrants in need of his help in search of the American dream. Michael Schur will serve as supervising... Mm. 
executive producer hey. on the project via Fremulon Entertainment banner. Should the project Fremulon. should the project go to series, it would mark the fourth show that Sher has had on the air at NBC at the same time. The broadcaster currently airs The Good Place, Brooklyn Nine Nine, which was acquired by NBC after its cancellation at Fox, and the multicam comedy Abby's, which launches in March. March. Oh, so that's Exciting. coming soon too. So there could be four Mike Schur shows on the air at the same Damn, time. Like that, he's going to take deep. over the, the whole TV scape. <gasps> oh, uh, like, he's getting a nice little. Uh, I have thought that we going. maybe were on the darkest timeline. Now I'm thinking that's <laughs> no, not the case. It's no. just keeping the balance. Yeah, right? that's true. all this other crap mm. going on in reality. Light and dark. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, got it. Got it. Uh, one last little uh, piece of news. This is just a little quirky piece from the break um, while we're away. Netflix tell pe- tells people to watch Killing Eve. Did you see this? No. The Netflix Twitter account. Posted this a while back. I think it was in January or late December. Every single one of you reading this right now needs to make time in your life to watch Killing Eve. It's a true masterclass in writing, directing, and acting. Oh, goodness, the acting. With Sandra Oh and Jodie Comer due to this show is next level perfection. Mm -hmm, Watch mm -hmm, it. mm -hmm. What's interesting about this is Killing (laughs) Eve is not on Netflix. And so people are like, that. someone tweeted, but it's not on Netflix here. And it's and Netflix just replied, try Hulu. Yeah. And it's just like, whoa. So how good does a show have to be that yeah. Netflix just goes, Damn. I think that's beautiful. I think it's fantastic I as well. I think that's so good. Just recognising like if something's fucking great. Yeah. And let the people know. Damn, there's props know. to Netflix for that. I'd heard some things, some people have this theory that um, the Netflix Twitter person is definitely... Like a, a really very entertaining and funny um, queer woman, mm. and that a lot of the tweets suggest that yeah. she, that person is very like that. Killing Eve just fits all right. With that it's theory. me. <laughs> you figured it out. It's the mess the whole time. Is Netflix going to be just personified as a person now? So when Maybe. we talk about it, it'll be like <laughs> subway and community. We should talk about Netflix like as Siri. A, it's like Siri is not a real person. You guys. <laughs> it's just a program. It's just going to be like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, what was interesting as well. Um, just reading up about this tweet, it's like it's fun. This is like good vibes between the different streaming networks right now. We've got a Warner Brothers one on the way. We've mm. got a Disney one on the way. There's a good chance they're going to be at each other's throats pretty soon, yeah. trying to survive. So let's just enjoy the good times where we can. Uh, Damas, do you have anything for off topic, hot topic? I do. Go for it. So, Zombieland 2 mm. is apparently a thing. There's a poster, isn't there? There is a poster. Now, I'm a little wary of this, considering that Zombieland is one of my favorite films of all times. Definitely in the top five, maybe wow. in the top three. I should get around to watching that one day. Oh, bro, it's, I can't it's such a goodie. I've seen it. It's so I've seen like half of it. I should. I just need to. It was yeah. good. I just didn't. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone's coming back, um, but now we have an inclusion of Rosario Dawson, who I'm a huge oh, fan same. of. I love yep. her so much. So yeah, I'm a little scared, but we have the same writing team and same director coming on board. But you know, it's, can lightning strike twice? Probably not. Probably not. But I'll, <laughs> Ten I'll give it a later go. Ten years later is always a little bit of a like a, why are we doing this? Why are we coming but back But also the first was just so fucking mwah, yeah. perfect. Yeah. But mm, Felt we'll like see. it didn't need we'll to say a heap more. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I've been surprised by that before. So. True. Yeah. Things can turn around and, and make sequels way after the fact and go, oh, that's... Did not realise there was a story to tell yeah. them. That was worth Look, exploring. do I think it'll be the next, like, Mad Max Fury Road? Probably not. <laughs> but <laughs> we'll see. We will see. Um, yeah, so looking forward to it, but also terrified. So did you say there's a, re- date? There's a date for that? No, no date. No date. No. We know it's coming. 
Shawnee, what about you? Anything for Off Topic, Hot Topic? Oh, well, I I know you talked about this a few weeks ago, but I saw Bad Times at the El Royale recently. Oh, okay. Um, and the reason I'm linking into relevance is... <laughs> You're here to tell me I'm wrong. About uh, my oh, no, well, look. For it. No, look, I, I really enjoyed it for one. Cool. Um, I, I need I, to watch it again on like... Get it on like a Blu-ray, watch it at home on my TV. It's like, got such good rewatch value. Yeah, I think I need to Because I watched it. Once with my friend Jamie and then second with my wife Katie because mm. I'm like, okay, you have to see this because you'll appreciate the script writing and the performances, just everything really ha- has it going for it. The reason I bring it up is because it, it had a little appearance from our buddy Jason from The Good Place in it. Don't know if you caught it. No. He's doing, this. man, he's doing some great uh, not speaking. And I think, <laughs> Which is how I like my yeah, Jason. <laughs> Uh, where's this? He's a, Is what, it a spoiler to say? Um, he's a little lackey. Sort of comes in only in the second half. Um, uh, uh, okay. don't, don't want to spoil anything. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Um, yeah. No mm. lines. Just, oh, an, really? just an imposing he, presence. He's not and, wearing uh, a mask. Oh, he's a lackey. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I remember yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay, I'll check yeah. that next time. And it took a few, few little... Glances and IMDb lookups to confirm it. There wow. You there you go. There you really, go. Really enjoyed that. Also, I saw uh, the School of Rock live show. Mm. I saw that as well. Um, oh, yeah. What would you think? I really enjoyed it. Same, right? It was super fun. It was super fun. It was. So, this is the musical Andrew Lloyd Webber, yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> came in. Right. What? <laughs> no, I just. Continue. <laughs> no, I really want to know. No, I need to know. Well, no, I it? just think, you know, Andrew Lloyd Webber is terrible. Well, oh, okay, now, I mean, so this yeah, is the thing. I I've got, skeptical of that too. I've got the Don't most- Don't get me wrong. I love Phantom of the Opera. Yes, sir. So much. I've got the most love-hate relationship with Andrew Webber. Well, that's Lloyd the thing. Weber. He's like a camp goddamn mess. Yeah. Do I enjoy his <laughs> yeah. shows? Yes. Does he write fucking awful shows? Absolutely. Yeah. He writes- Well, that's the thing. Like, he's he's capable of writing, like, every now and then, each show will have, like, one song where you're like, oh, yeah. Oh, that's mm, a good one. Chef mm. kiss. But then just- then Italian he'll chef write- kiss. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Pizza box chef kiss. <laughs> then he'll write a whole musical about uh, trains where everyone's roller skating. So, <laughs> but yeah, I really enjoyed School of Rock. Uh, I don't know. We actually saw the understudy playing the lead Jimmy. guy. who yeah. was uh, um, Joe Kosky. I just want to give a shout out. He's apparently a ship boy. Oh, right. Um, Yes. Represent Shepard and what? Uh, yeah. My- I'd say because no one else will know what Katie- Shepard means. <laughs> Katie was in a few shows with him, apparently. Oh, cool. But he, like, trod the perfect line of being, like, had enough Jack Blackisms about him. Yeah. While, like, bringing his own sort of flavor to it. Like, he wasn't a parody, but he was. A- there was enough there that I was like, okay, I'm getting my fill of School of Rock nostalgia, mm-hmm. which I want. Because I mm-hmm. think- that's what a lot of people would be worried about going into it. Like, does it work without Jack Black? That is a big question. Yeah. And that was certainly my worry going in. The Seeing it, um, I was like, it started and I was like, oh, this is fine. And then once you got to the classroom, as with the the movie as well, I think, once you get to the yeah. him and the kids, Ooh, like, yeah, it the really kids. takes off. And I agree with you. That I think we got the the lead sort yeah. of playing um, Dewey, like the, the main guy. Um, he was very good. He did have a lot of those Jack Blackisms. There's, I think there's probably specific things they asked to do in that particular oh, way. Yeah. You can't say Lucy Goosey in any other human yeah, voice. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> um, but I like the entire cast. Um, like the woman playing, I can't remember the principal's name. Yeah. She was great. She was brilliant. Dif- completely different to what 
I love uh, John I'm, Cusack's doing. I love how they pushed her character in sort of different ways as well. They changed a couple of things to make it a little bit better, I thought. Yeah. There's, there's particularly the Sarah Silverman character. They just maybe yeah. didn't quite demonize that character as much as they should because she maybe is the voice of reason in that yeah. story realistically. <laughs> right, anyway. Yeah. Um, but once they get to the kids and the uh, all the songs with the kids are all really fun, really catchy, really yep. energetic. The crowd gets into it. Um, it sh- I just had a really good time with it. Yeah, it should be said as well, if you don't know, the kids all play their instruments it's live ridiculous. as well. And they're fucking crazy talented. The guitarist especially is yeah. pulling out like literally face-melting solos. Literally face-melting solos. <laughs> my face is... So well, you that's can't why I'm a skeleton it, yeah. right now, you know? Sean is terrifying to look at. Yeah, but then, then he'll just like put down the guitar and like have a sing and be perfectly capable of that. Do a little bit of acting. And he's like, what, yeah. 10... Six. I feel like Eleanor. I don't know. I, I, kids' ages. We'll say ten. But, we'll yeah. stick with about ten. Um, oh, I would have bullied him at school. I'm like, you think you're better than me with all your talent? Fuck you. Fuck you, man. You were the bully. No, I wasn't. <laughs> I wish I was. Uh, but yeah, loved it. Excellent. Recommend. And it was fun as well going to see it. The audience. There was a lot of families and kids. And kids Same. Fucking loved it. The, I mean, it's definitely yep. a, a kid-friendly show. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Good time. Not my favorite musical ever by far, but. Not a bad time at all. So like, fun. It was really fun. I agree. Anything else for Off Topic, Hot Topic, Shawnee? Uh, uh, no. No? That's, okay, yeah, cool. That's about it. I got just a couple of quick things. Oh, God. Uh, really quick. Number one, I've already mentioned it. Kingdom Hearts 3 came out. What do you guys know about Kingdom Hearts oh, 3? Oh, shut up. We're not talking about Kingdom Hearts. It's a video Hearts. game. No one cares. I'm actually very interested in Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> yeah, have it in private time, guys. Move on. We did. Move we on. talked about it in the Man, car here. I've waited 13 years for this game. 13 <laughs> goddamn years. Well, go on dialogue options and talk about it. <laughs> I, I will ask them if I can because I want to talk. No, it's, uh, uh, but it's been pretty good so far. Surprisingly, for something that came out, I've been waiting 13 years for, is living up to expectations. Oh, that's nice. Has all the weaknesses of the original game, <laughs> especially well, the way they just it, right? it, But it's part, part of, of it. It is mm-hmm. dorky mm-hmm. and silly and over the top and really fun. I really enjoy yeah. it. I love it. The other thing I just want to bring up quickly is a podcast. Uh, there is a new podcast I've started listening to. just started this week. Mm. It's called David Tennant Does a Podcast. As oh. you might guess, David Tennant is hosting. Ooh. Uh, his first, he does like interviews or discussions with guests. His first guest, Olivia Coleman. Oh, remind me. Sorry, uh, Olivia Coleman, as in Sophie from the good, uh, not the good place, so from uh, Peep Show. Uh, she's the favorite, the queen, the queen favorite, Anne. the queen. She's going to be the queen in the Crown. Uh, Broadchurch, yes, that's where she uh, met. Yeah, um, I think you mean the most hilarious character in Hot Fuzz. The most hilarious character in Fu- yeah. Hot Fuzz, correct? Yeah. Very good. Uh, and just a goddess, really. And mm. I'm in love with her. And we're all in love with her. We're all in love yes. with her. And it's a just I've listened to most of that episode. It's not quite done yet, but it's a quite a candid discussion. Like she's obviously very aware of the microphone and stuff mm. like that, but she's hilarious and I love just her so much. She oh doesn't gosh. hold back on her feelings. She's happy to just swear like a sailor. It's fucking great. And uh, everyone should check it out. And why bother podcasting? Oh, and he'll have his like Scottish accent. He does, oh. which might be why also I'm listening to it a little bit as well because I need to work on my you Scottish get- accent. Oh. Yeah, I was just about to say. <laughs> I thought this it was is because- that's how I found it. That's why I said that. And then it was Olivia Collins. Like I'm just going to keep listening to this now. <laughs> anyway. Just pe- as people should know. Broad's D and D character is Scottish. That's why. Well, uh, she's yeah. she's got she's a dwarf who we're going for a Scottish accent, and yeah. I'm not going to do it right now because I'm not confident enough to do it on the podcast. That's, That's right. Why no it one a... was asking you to, Broad. <laughs> Halfway through this podcast, you will switch up to a Scottish she's accent, though, and that's it. a promise. Yeah. See if you can tell. 
<laughs> from Australia to Scottish. If you're American, apparently you won't because they don't know what Australian accents sound like. Either, either way, you'll need subtitles. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's get to our spoiler-free review of The Good Place Season 3. Let me clue you in. Season in review. The Good Place Season 3 picks up right after the intriguing conclusion of Season 2. After the developments of last season, the status quo has shifted dramatically and... I don't know what to tell you. It's all spoilers. <laughs> Join the core cast are notable guest appearances from Michael McKean, Stephen Merchant, Nicole Byer, and Paul Shear. Season 3 consists of 13 episodes, though episode 1 and 2 play as a combined two-parter, each coming in at around 22 minutes and took us approximately 4 hours and 45 minutes to watch, extremely consistent with the first two seasons. Mm-hmm. In December 2018, NBC renewed the series for a fourth season, most likely returning in September of 2019. Before we get started with our season three review can you guys remind me what your thoughts on season one and two of the good place were shawnee very enjoyable was my experience with the (laughs) first two (laughs) i think uh uh, yeah i i really enjoyed the concepts that they were pushing i loved the comedy uh thought the main love story was maybe a little forced Uh, that's me booing the is that- Love story, not your opinion. Right, cool. <laughs> yeah. uh, should I say extremely forced? That <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. yeah, thank you. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think I gave it like a four and four, I think, or something yeah. around that four stars. That sounds mark. like me. It's been a year. Yeah. <laughs> Damask? Um, yeah, I, I either gave, because in my notes I said season one, 3.5. Yep. Season two, four. But I sure. might have given them both four. Can't remember. Either way, I really liked it. I remember feeling energized by it i was excited by a show that well it's a show production and i love all of his stuff Amen. um so i enjoyed sense of humor i love stories about positive people and it was like a high concept show high mm-hmm. concept comedy something that i'd never really seen before so i was very enthusiastic about it yeah definitely yeah. a new take on the sitcom sort of format yeah. um and i was the least hot on it uh definitely i think Mm-hmm. I, averaging around like 3.53. Mm-hmm. I think I gave season two a four, actually. I, I was pretty happy with season four, especially the first half of that season. But let's talk season three. Mm. Shawnee, could you please give us your spoiler-free review? All right. If you liked the first two, you're going to like this one. That's... Uh... That's it? <laughs> That's a hot take? No, no, look. It's, it, um, the, the concept of this show really is the thing that attracts me most to it. Like mm. the... The things they're talking about, the philosophies they push, they don't get deep enough into them that you get confused. They mm-hmm. give like perfect examples of the moral philosophy things that they're studying while throwing so many jokes out there. That was a really audible crack of Sorry. The- <laughs> neck. My neck is so uncomfortable. Can we keep, to- keep that in? That was really impressive. I just had to air it out. Sorry. The cast is, for the most part, like all doing a great job. Uh, they're it's it's just like uh, it feels nice and warm and fuzzy to be back with these characters experiencing what they're experiencing. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Damask said, it's just really cool seeing a show about people like trying to be positive and getting through things in a positive way, and it just makes me feel good. We always like that about a Mike Sure. Mm. That's exactly right. Comedy. Yeah, you know, it's about good people or positivity yep. at the very least, mm. and that's something to be applauded for sure. Uh, Damask. All right, so I've watched this season twice now. Okay. Uh, the first time I watched it, obviously, week to week, mm-hmm. and I was not particularly enjoying myself. Every week, as a new development in the plot was unfurling, I kept waiting 
for the bonding to happen. I kept waiting for when this group of friends actually felt like a group of friends and it never really happened. Mm -hmm. Not in the way certainly that I wanted or that I think is satisfying. So it might be satisfying for others, but was not getting there for me. Unfortunately, this season, we do spend a lot of it meandering from set piece to set piece. Michael comes to a new conclusion. So we go here and then Michael comes to another conclusion. So we go there. And for all the places we went and all the things we saw, it did feel like treading water. But by the end of the season, I did feel a sense of calm, which is good. Michael's That's so similar to a note I have. Like, okay, <laughs> Michael Schur's best work is when it settles into the idea that there isn't a tidy answer for reaching happiness or fulfillment. Instead, you have to build relationships through your purpose and find purpose in your relationships. And in doing so, you will be able to find small pieces of magic that make it all worthwhile. When it comes to relationships... This show has done more telling than showing, which I think is a shame mm, because, amen. yeah, yep, Sher totally. and Co definitely know how to show. Like, they're so good at that. They've created my most beloved characters, the ones that I've grown to care about more than any other fictional characters. And perhaps that bar is too high. Maybe I will never love these guys as much as I love Michael Scott or Leslie Nope but I at least need to believe that they care about each other and be invested in how their relationships are changing them. This season, while not terrible, did feel strangely paced and rather sporadic. It felt like a dream where you desperately want to get away, but you look down and you're running in place. I want this show to spend time defining, exploring and celebrating each relationship. But by the end of the season, I saw a sparkle of what I wanted and it made me extremely excited for season four. Cool. That was beautiful, Damask. Thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> I think what I, yeah, my notes are very similar to what you have to say, really. Well, that's a shock. <laughs> yeah. <I know. laughs> well, it's interesting because I think I, I was I felt like the odd one out a little bit with the first couple of seasons. Mm. Um, but I mean, anyway. you're always the odd man out. True. Don't you forget it. <laughs> you are a bully. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's a lot to say that can't be said until spoilers, but. To keep things vague, vague, this is my least favourite season of The Good Place mm-hmm. by a fair margin, I think. Um, one of my notes on how I was feeling as we hit the midpoint of this season was literally... <laughs> which is Chal- um, channeling Eleanor. Really, yeah. Was a or I, I had written sound of air escaping a balloon. It was um, a situation where the week I think the week to week watching wasn't helping either. So to come back in after mm. having spent a week away and sort it was of hard. go, it oh, was really yeah. tricky. And I've since started to rewatch it. I wanted to try and rewatch it the whole second time before today. I didn't quite get there. It definitely runs better when you watch it. One after the other. So I had the better. same experience when yeah. I was rewatching it and marathoning it. It was much better, and yeah. it was also helpful because I knew where things were going. So mm-hmm. I did. The, there was a sense of fulfillment when you understand that some of these elements are being set up for later. Yes, but I feel like they're being wasted in the moment. And you're like, why are we doing that? Yeah. Why are we doing you that? You understand here? the purpose once you understand the whole. Totally, and that's much better. Yeah. yeah, which is not necessarily a bad thing. But on the initial rewatch, I was really frustrated by it. Um, you mean the initial watch? The initial watch. Yeah. What do did you I say? Rewatch. Okay. Do you reckon we're either we're spoiled these days for the fact that so many shows come out and we can binge them out in one sitting, therefore the overarching stories make a lot more sense to us? Or because back in the day, you had to wait week to week yeah. whether there was a story or not. 
And often that did negatively impact mm. my feeling of a show coming back I to it. I think it depends how you structure each individual episode. Mm-hmm. If you have enough satisfaction or growth within an episode yeah. and people get a sense of satisfaction, yeah. I think that's fine. Um, but with a lot of this, it felt like we were just inching to the next place. and But we yeah. didn't... Like, everything was changing so quickly from episode that, to episode that, thing, yeah. that there was no through line. So, as an audience member, I didn't really know what we were doing very much. Yeah. So- Could you guys remind me when this first came out on netflix did it all get dumped in one season the first season did i'm pretty sure i think yeah. the first season just arrived all at once and then season two this is in australia specifically yeah and then season two was coming out week by week i, th- I feel like it's a bad move i, th- I reckon to just dump the- it all at once no dump it all at once get it like that's that to me feels like the most natural mm. way to absorb this the show. problem is this show isn't it's a Netflix presentation here in Australia, but it's NBC, obviously, in the States, yeah. and they are still working on the old paradigm. So, they're releasing their shows week by week. And while this show might benefit from being coming out as a binge product, that's not who's making it. That's not yeah. how it's being made. And if it did come out, if it's coming out week by week in the NBC, and I'm, or, you know, not me specifically, maybe, mm-hmm, uh, <laughs> is, a, is a big fan, I'm there's that temptation to mm. pirate it then, and they don't want that either. Well, here's the thing. is like the people who are dedicated to watching it week to week are people who just genuinely like love the show or podcasters like us. <laughs> so they, you can't be both. So they'll, the they'll, I think they will enjoy that, just getting a little bit here and there. Mm-hmm. The people who are going to be binging it are people who just kind of discover it, and they'll be able to really appreciate that. And yeah. I think that's when that model really works is people who just like – want to immerse themselves in a show. Yeah. Like just randomly like, oh, what's this? And then all of a sudden you found magic, which is good. So I think like trickling it out is best for people who do love the show and will find it any means necessary. Mm. So you might as well put it out there for them. And then people, like, I mean, it's going to be on Netflix for however long. So people will yeah be able to binge it in the future. Yeah. I, I think the thing is as well, the a show can be both good to binge and good to watch week by week. Mm. I've been re-watching Game of Thrones recently. One of my housemates has never watched it. I've got some of the Blu-rays, so we've just been going through it. And we like she's literally watched almost the entire season in the night. Yeah. Right? And it works great doing it that way because you keep down, you know, really close tabs on who's doing what and where mm. and you don't lose that. But I we also watched Game of Thrones week by week for the longest time yeah. and had no issues doing that. Yeah. The luxury that show has is it I think had a better understanding of what it was. Because it's it's not anything revolutionary. It's just a drama with different characters, different places. The Good Place is this weird new thing, this sitcom that's also a ongoing story with mm. lots of lore and stuff like that. And it kind of, I think that's part of the problem. And my one of the things that I felt as the season went on was a little bit of my own sort of like vindication that I called early on that these complex elements, these things they keep doing might catch up with it one day and it felt like that here where yeah. the the big ideas were getting in the way of telling the the, the story and the, having the character mm. stuff that Damascus was talking about that was a big part of it so yeah this is my least favorite season this is not the fault of the actors who still bring their a-game each week and i'll always enjoy the show on some level just because of the cast to me this falls squarely on the writers and the way this story is plotted and told There are lots of good ideas in this show. So, so, so many. Some of them are clever, brilliant, absolutely mad ideas. But overall, maybe there are too many ideas. And where there are so many ideas coming thick and fast, it felt like the show was constantly setting things up, but never having time to luxuriate and properly explore them. The biggest problem I have is that for all the big ideas, 
the characters and any semblance of character progression or growth are sidelined this season. What growth has any character had this season that we hadn't already achieved in a previous season? Mm. Which is a question I'm going to ask you again in spoilers. The other problem is that they want me to be heavily, crucially invested in a certain relationship. <laughs> and I'm just not, like, at yeah, all. it's hard. Thankfully, the season ends in a place, just like you were saying, Damask, that has me feeling much more confident about going into season four. While seasons two's, two's conclusion had me worried they were playing with fire, of which I can feel completely vindicated now, the conclusion of season three left me relaxed and confident that it should uh, that it's going where it should be, or it should be where it's um where it needs to be now. So, so we can get into spoilers. What are your scores out of five, Shawnee? What would you give this season out of five stars? It's got to be. A four for me again. Wow. Consistent, yeah. if nothing else. Yeah. Very good. Damask? A uh, three for me. Yeah, I'm going to give it a three as well. I mm. imagine on a 2.5, like it's a low three for me. But I think the rewatch saved a little bit. As I said, watching it again, it definitely yeah. picked up and a little bit. I was yeah. riding on a 3.5, but the rewatch just really sold it. Mm. The thing with this show as well is the jokes are so rapid fire. There were jokes that I'd missed the first time around that I appreciated a lot more mm. the second time. Yeah. And I've just got to give it to it for that. Yeah, I definitely laughed more watching some of it the second time around. Um, but again, it was mainly because I wasn't trying to figure out why we, what we're doing here. Yeah. Mm. I just had a further understanding because we eventually got there yeah. and I was able to just sort of enjoy what was going on. Yeah, I don't know if I laughed that much, to be honest with you. I definitely was laughing overall less yeah. this season than... Then again, I was also the one who said I didn't find it that funny to begin with. You anyway. said from first season that you had barely any laugh out loud moments. Yeah, and that's still true. And uh, that was true for me this season. I, I mean, there's definitely funny lines in it, and a lot of them come from Michael. I think he's amazing, yeah. um, and Janet. But yeah, there's just and it also it yeah it's it suffers because there are some characters that I just don't think are particularly funny. Yeah, yeah. And they're given a lot of material, Ooh, and yeah. I and I feel like they bog down a scene. And so once a ry- the rhythm is off for me, it's like oh well, the rest of the lines fall flat. Yeah. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. All right, there's a lot to talk about when we get to spoilers. Uh, so before we do that, we'd like to remind everyone that if you enjoy what we do here, we'd really appreciate you sharing the podcast with others who you think might also enjoy listening. We also appreciate your positive reviews on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and Spotify, or whatever podcast platform you prefer. But right now, let's talk spoilers. You're now entering the spoiler zone. On this episode, we'll be discussing everything that happens in season one, two, and three of The Good Place. Before listening any further, we recommend watching all of The Good Place up to this point. If you've not yet done so, proceed with caution. 
there are spoilers ahead. You, you have been, been warned. warned. Oh, tingles. <laughs> Kids, I'm going to tell you an incredible story. Storytime with Damask. Eleanor, Chidi, Tahani and Jason land back on Earth when everyone's second favourite judge, Judge Jen, I mean, I assume everyone's favourite's Judge Judy, grants them another chance at earning a spot in The Good Place. Michael and Janet obsessively stare at their lives unfolding like me looking at my first girlfriend's Instagram page. It still stings. After the gang all lose sight of bettering themselves, whether it be through a crippling muffin choice, an ego-inflating book tour, being terrible at following dance competition rules, or just realising that altruism is stupid, Michael jumps back down to earth to nudge them all together again. They all end up in Australia, bonding over near-death experiences. They get infiltrated by a demon who is all types of skeezy. The judge finds out that everyone is cheating and she gets mad. Michael and Janet run away back to Earth. Despite Michael's top-notch improv skills, the brainy bunch find out about the good place and the bad place and that they're doomed to spend all of eternity being tortured. They all handle this news in different ways. Cheaty acts like me when I forget to renew my Lexapro prescription. Eleanor tries to be selfish but ends up being the most helpful person in the universe. And Dahani does the worst thing possible. She marries Jason. Ultimately, they all decide to come together once more. And since they can't save themselves, they'll try and save as many people as possible. They gallivant around the world, hunting down relatives and trying to make them better people. Then Michael lets it slip that Eleanor once was in love with Chidi. This is a big deal, apparently. Blah, blah, blah. The demons build a portal to Earth. There is an awesome bar brawl in which Janet kicks everyone's ass. More demons are on their way, so the humans say goodbye to their mortal bodies and dive into Janet's void as she and Michael head to see the accountants. They want to get a good look at the point system to make sure it's all legit. While there, they realise that the world is so complex that no matter what you do, it's practically impossible to make it to the good place. So hard, in fact, no one's gotten in in 500 years. Eleanor, Chidi, Tahani and Jason are all enjoying their time in Janet's void. That is, until Chidi tells Eleanor that it doesn't matter that they were once in love because it never happened on that timeline. I couldn't agree with him more. But Eleanor flips out because that's what she does and she almost causes the universe to collapse. But Chidi, realising that she needs to hear him say that he thinks she's a cutie, gives her a smooch and it's all better again. Everyone then heads to the good place, finally, so they can tell them that the system is rigged against humans. But when they get there, they're met by a bunch of left-wing nincompoops that are so obsessed with doing everything completely right that they can never get anything done. It's a pretty futile situation. It's time to go back and hang out with Judge Jen. She is pissed. Fair enough. But she hears Michael's case because she's a pretty cool chick like that. He tells her that life is complicated. She's, you know, pretty underwhelmed. And so Jason does the only useful thing he's ever done and explain privilege and understanding to the judge. Life is complicated and there are unintended consequences for our actions particularly in a capitalist society where the global supply chain makes us all complicit and participants in unimaginable cruelty. But you know, he says it way dumber than that. The judge goes down and checks out this earth scene she's been hearing so much about, and yep, she agrees, it is indeed the worst. So, how to fix it? 
Well, she agrees to set up another experiment. If the morons we have come to know and love can become better people beyond the confines of modern life, then they will test to see if it is possible for others. They make a new fake good place and see if they can create change in four new guinea pigs. The bad place gets to play with this experiment too. They decide who will end up in this new good place. And I wonder who they'll pick. Well, these devilish dogs have chosen people that are the worst possible candidates for the Soul Squad themselves to be around. And when Chidi's ex Simone appears, he realises that he will never be able to act as though he doesn't know her. This poor ball of nervousness has no choice but decide to get rebooted one last time, forgetting all of his recent experiences. Eleanor is understandably devastated. It is sad, but it's for the good of the group and ultimately humankind. The end. Deep dive. It's cool to know other people think about this stuff too. All right, I want to bring up the elephant in the room, or I'm going to say the accent in the room. The kangaroo in the room. Oh, <laughs> mate, Bonza. Look, okay. As Australian audience members, and this is probably Australian specific, so I'm sorry to our international listeners, but it was bad. Yeah. Even the ones that people thought were good, they were not good. They were distractingly bad. And you can say that doesn't matter because for a lot of people it probably doesn't. But to someone who is an Australian, it makes it kind of hard to watch. Oh, it, it takes you right out of yeah, the Yeah, And, like, unfortunately, like, there's a character that I really like, Simone. Yes. Really, really like her. Her accent is incorrect. Yes. It's yeah. a bad Australian accent. Yeah. And so in the end, even when they brought it back, I'm like, that's a cool twist. But also, every time she talks, I'm thinking about the actor exactly. who is doing an incorrect accent. Yeah. You feel- Shouldn't she have an American accent anyway? Because wouldn't Eleanor, who's been our surrogate and everyone- we hear, like, blah, blah, like, blah, blah, Tahani, blah, blah, Isn't yes. Tahani's the whole idea she's put on an English accent because everyone should sound the same? Yeah, because so she's so just- hoity-toity that so they- she's going to- So is Simone doing that as well? I she's putting so. on the opera accent. That would explain why so bad because she's been putting we, on this entire time. Before what? the show, that doesn't make any sense. No, Simone would put would have to put on her Australian accent oh. in the good place, so that might explain maybe she the whole time she was she'd putting been on. Faking she'd it. been faking it. <laughs> but from the get go, before we've even watched a second of the show, the first episode is called "Everything Is Bonza." Yeah, bad start. Bonza is spelled wrong. It is. Oh it's my E-R god! It's spelled B O N Z E R. And it's an A on the end, people. It's right. an A on the end. I, I asked, didn't even realize that. Yeah, right. I terrible. asked Google. I said, hey, Google, how do you spell Bonza? And we, we're going to recreate it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you. Hey, Google, <laughs> how do you spell Bonza? This is amazing content right here. All right, it's thinking. Getting Google Assistant <laughs> thinking. to talk to us. It's thinking. It's still thinking. You know what? I was very polite and put it on silent. So. <laughs> but- the, the, the results. I can read it. Bonza <laughs> is spelt B. Bonza. It says actually B O N Z A. It's Z, by the way. Very important. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, they say T M Z. T M Z. That was actually <laughs> so this is this is something that I heard. I don't know how true it is, but I've heard that if you're an Australian working in Hollywood, you actually get coaching from dialect coaches to put on a specific Hollywood Australian accent mm. because the real Australian accent sounds too close to English. 
Well, and a marrying he, audience of gay people. Because there's real Australians in it. Like, yeah. there are Australian actors in this playing Australian. Yeah, yeah. which is weird, right? Up but you, their accent. Yeah, but you can, you can tell it's a genuine accent. It's just, um, yeah, ochreized or yeah. whatever. Yeah. But the thing is, like, what Americans don't realise is that the Australian accent has evolved quite rapidly mm-hmm. into something that it wasn't before. You watch, like, old Australian television stuff. The oh, accent yeah. is very, very different. Totally. Similar to the kind of... Um, Oh, g'day, mate! Like that kind of accent where everything, for some reason, is super Australian. That's how they t- used to talk on TV. Mm-hmm. We don't talk like that. If you watch Skippy, sure, yeah. you're gonna get that. Or if you like, in I know Northern Queensland or something. Oh, sure. Like there are certain pockets where people still talk like that, but generally, that's not how we speak. Not in not in Sydney. Sydney. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah. If it, if this was at a university in Cairns, I'd be like. Fair call. <laughs> it's not at all. Or like Darwin or somewhere like that. You'd be like, okay, sure, why not? But not in, in Sydney. At least yeah. when Michael is doing his terrible attempt at an accent, mm. he gets a frown from Janet every now and yeah. then. Yeah, which That's is great, gin- but also vindication. confusing for Australian audiences. If like the joke there is that he's doing a bad Australian accent yeah. and then they go out into the world and everyone else is doing a bad Australian accent, it's like, well, that joke just doesn't really work anymore. It, it really... um. I wish I, I knew her name, but the actress that plays Simone, mm. uh, it's to her credit that she actually got me invested in her character while sporting like <laughs> such an accent that I was like, yeah. okay, I'm, I'm watching you act yeah. right now, but I'm watching you act. I mean, she's really great well. and I really enjoy the character, but I thought it was funny because Michael Schur has spoken so much about what he learnt, like both the right and the wrong of uh, Lost. Clearly, one lesson he didn't learn is don't use American actors, act, sorry, actors to do Australian accents. Oh, they so can't true. do it. Yeah, um, it speaks to just the what. It's an interesting thing about going from the good place back to Earth, right? And we've mm. had flashbacks and stuff in the past on Earth, mm. but spending so much time there this season uh, was the general cartoonish nature of Earth. Mm-hmm. Of which the accents and Australia being a place where everything is called Finding Nemo Bank or Finding Nemo, whatever, right? We crumb from a land we down under. We crumb from a land down under. I like that one, actually. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> um, or that in Eleanor's uh, motel room, she's there's a koala, koala on the wall. Yeah. That, like, everything is hyper Australia. I think in Chitty's office, there's heaps of Aboriginal Well, how will you know, like Broad? That's Australia otherwise. Yeah. He's got yeah. She put an Australian flag in the corner of the room because yeah. that's normal. Yeah, he's got a giant Australian flag next to his desk. <laughs> And then, but I found this a problem overall when we we're in, it doesn't matter where we were in the world, when we we're back on Earth, the cartoonish nature of it, I don't know, for some reason, I know it's like in the same universe as like Parks and Rec, but yeah. it never, okay, there's a bit that really annoyed me actually, where there's an episode where uh, Eleanor and Michael go to a library and he like uh, hooks her into like this memory thing, right? So mm. she gets some of her memories back from the mm. different versions of the good place they went through. And she comes out of doing a second of that and her teeth have fallen out and she's gone bald. Yeah. Mm. And then we cut to the title and come back and she's completely recovered. And I was like, this is a Looney Tunes cartoon uh, now. What is She that? ate the banana. They yeah. explained it. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like no. the banana worked well. Uh, <laughs> I loved that. <laughs> I loved that so I much. just, I, I don't know, maybe I'm a nitpicker and-, and- I no, guess. I understand what you're saying. It's like yeah. if if we need we're, some rules, we're, right? We're, we've got we're learning so much lore and this world building and stuff, and then you have moments where they slip out of that and, like you say, turn into a cartoon. Yeah, there's like you're allowed elements of cartoonishness, of course, like particularly in the world, of like you know, porny and stuff. Like we're used to that kind of silliness, absurd definitely, yeah, and silliness. And yeah, absurd's good. It's great, but if it if what if your silliness 
gets in the way of all of this huge world building and law that you're doing, that's uh, I think that's a problem. They they could get away with a lot more when the it was actually set in the good place or well, the bad the place. Thing. That's the this thing. Is Earth. Yeah, yeah. Then they can then the, the rules are whatever. Yeah, it yeah. would have been really nice to see the contrast of on Earth things being a lot yeah. more grounded, having like limitations. Whereas yeah. you know when Michael and they were in the good place or the bad place, they didn't have those limitations. Yeah. Uh, Kirby Hal Baptisti is Baptiste. Simone. Baptiste, thank you. Kirby Hal Baptiste, yeah. Mm. Uh, which I should have mentioned in my uh, preamble but didn't because don't know why. Racist and sexist. Basically. I think, I, was going for, I think I was going for the more the, the more famous guest stars yeah. in that bit. So and she's British, isn't she? She so is. She's she is in British. Killing Eve, I believe. Oh, I also... Yeah, she is. I also suggest um, if you are interested in The Good Place, you, something you should do is listen to The Good Place, the podcast, which basically every week as an episode was released, they would release a new episode of the podcast and that would have interviews with relevant actors from that episode and oh, stuff like why that. Why didn't I listen to that? It's a, it's, I mean, it's interesting because it's, it's hosted not, by Sean, isn't it? It's not hosted this, by not you, um, you should not Mark Evan Jackson, who plays yeah. Sean, correct? Yeah. Love him. Um, he's great. He's got a great voice for podcasts as well. Oh, yeah. And uh, it's it's insightful if you like a love-in, which a lot of like commentaries and stuff are. No one's ever going to cast a critical eye on this show on that thing. It's just going to mm. be talking about how it's the most amazing show ever, how they all love being on it. Everyone's fantastic and stuff. That's why I haven't listened to it because I'm like, I, <laughs> because obviously when we're doing this, we can't do that, and so I just don't want their opinions seeping into my brain, or for me to like <laughs> love them, <laughs> love them as people, and be like, I don't want to say a bad things. So uh, if there's one you're going to listen to, listen to the one about Janet's. Which has Darcy mm. Carden on it, and is just an interesting sort of discussion. I mean, about, I already like, love her, so I think I'm safe. I can, to, I can yeah, never floor her in anything she does in this show. No, she's perfect. Yeah, in every way. Yep. Uh, how do we feel about? We're talking about the amount of law that's going into this show, but mm-hmm. specifically this season. There, I think uh, we'll get to like the emotional character stuff in a moment. But the if they've sidelined the characters, it's so they can sort of explore their own premise. And break it down and reach some conclusions about what yeah. is actually going on here. Like, there's this is kind of like a year long or a season long experiment to figure out well what's happening that people aren't getting into. Well, what's happening that? Yeah. How do these people get into the good place basically? And so, what do we learn? We learned that um, you no one's gone to a good place for five hundred years, mm-hmm. yeah, including. Doug Forsett has no chance of getting in. Who apparently, yeah, um, which we can come back. He was going to gonna him. be the blueprint. He yeah. was going to be the blueprint, right? Um. Uh, and the conclusion we reach is that a the afterlife is run by a bunch like a committee that's completely ineffectual, mm-hmm. but b that life has gotten so complex that being a good person has become really really hard to do. That it mm. was simpler yeah. once upon a time when things weren't so complex ethically or morally, and now it's to a point where it's almost impossible for any human being to make it to the good or practically yeah. impossible. Again, mm. really interesting. Uh, topics. Yeah, it's an interesting conclusion because I wasn't sure where they were going to go with this overall. I, their discussion that the good places maybe manipulated the system, or the, sorry, the bad place have manipulated this system mm. and all those sorts of things were interesting. But to actually have a comment about, you know, what's like to live in the modern world mm. is an interesting one. Do we feel that's there's a truth to that? Do we feel that they're onto something? Oh, yeah. yeah they- I, I, th- I thought it was great the way that, because, you know, that's the natural reaction. It's like, oh, well, it must be the bad place who's yeah, but then you think about like the the point system has been going on for so long yep. since the beginning of you know human history. It was a real downturn and- when they invented stabbing. We <laughs> <laughs> want everyone was stabbing each other. <laughs> I love Paul Shear. Um, and so yeah, it makes sense that as life gets more complicated and we are now part of like the global supply chain, 
and everything has has touched so many hands just mm-hmm. to get it to us, particularly mm-hmm. in the Western world. I yeah, I thought it was a fasc- fascinating indictment of uh, modern living. They um, I wish they had have gone into it a bit more. They might next season, but they touched really briefly on privilege as well mm. and yeah. all, like classism. Which okay, this is this is the chance to use Jason well. Like I feel like because he comes from a lower socioeconomic bracket than the rest of them really yeah this is really where you can explore okay can you be a good person if you don't have access to the uh the benefits of uh someone from a higher socioeconomic uh position yeah look i think they certainly could have explored that on earth i think now that they're part of this experiment i think it'd be harder to do um but we certainly i guess brushed on it a little bit um, when we were with Donkey Doug and stuff, but not really. I mean, it's so hard to have a real look at anything with someone who is unable to absorb information. Uh, yeah, like it's they've they've made they've they've made it really hard for themselves to do that. So yes, well, I think Jason could be a great tool for that. Do I think they will? No, I don't. I, I do I think they could yeah. because of just how the character has formed? They've I don't done, think so. They've done their dash there, unfortunately. Like if if there was any season to give Jason some growth. That being back I on Earth would really, have been really yeah. was really really, and they they do touch on it like a teensy tiny bit in mm. the Ballad of Donkey Dog episode, mm-hmm. where he acknowledges, okay, maybe stealing isn't good, and that's as the biggest conclusion that he'll come to. Mm. But you're right, everything else just bounces off him. He is only really used as a comedic foil, and we don't really get, and even in that episode mm. where you would think that you have like, okay, this is a good moment for Jason to show some heart without needing a gag. Mm. There was never a moment, even when he was showing some heart to his dad and Pillboy, there was always a joke mm. riding on the end of everything. Yeah, that he would I say. think like the the best version of Jason that we got was when he was like falling in love with Janet, because there is like a soft childlike nature there. There's something human there. There's well, a sweetness yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. while like, he's an idiot, yeah. he, there is like He's like a child and, yeah, there is like yeah, good a sweetness, and stuff there. which I think is what they need to be doing with him yeah. um, instead of just a joke machine. And I think they almost made a commentary about that this season after they, they're in the bar oh. and Michael's talking and he just makes Jason go and like get something in the <laughs> yeah, corner that's because right. like they're just having a conversation that's and he's just interrupting seconds. with. Idiocy. Yeah. And it's just annoying. <laughs> yeah. He says, I just need like a 30 second break from Jason. Yeah. Some yeah. Those lines. And I wrote my and notes. And I also need a 30 second break <laughs> from like, Jason. I believe Tahani just goes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, I think that was what was confusing for me about this season is while we're, we're getting kind of, it's how we understand why the good place, bad place, the point system doesn't work. And I think that's a great thing to do. However, a lot of the episodes were set up to be um, emotional journeys for the characters. Like we're going to see their family and stuff. So that was my expectation. My expectation was was now that we're on earth and we're seeing them in a different position, we're really going to get to know these people. We're really going to be seeing them bonding and like battling together towards a greater purpose. That wasn't really happening. We're going to different places, um, but we're learning either more about the world, Mm -hmm. um, whether that be Earth, the point system, whatever, um, and being told a lot that like growth is happening, personal growth is happening, not particularly seeing it all that much. What was interesting is that the whole setup for this season was that we're going to get these characters together and do a study 
to teach them moral philosophy and discuss their near-death experiences. Mm. And when they finally came together, we got one episode with some montages and then they were graduated. And we saw nothing. A year in an episode. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because because the show had to get this to a place where they were friends again. Because once again, we've done a fucking memory wipe and everyone was reset to a different version of themselves. They didn't know each other. And so the show had to just go... Uh, one year's gone by, and now they were like each other. Yeah, and it's. Uh, yeah. I was really hanging out for some. I think you could do it. Like you could have them be strangers, but then get development in different ways that we would still we would still have the memories of what they were yeah. in the good place. So we would know that they are they're good friends, and this is just that. But to you know, say you know that- what I sorry I think what a great idea would have been to spend half the season where they are getting to know each other again because as Agreed. an audience member you understand the importance. Yes. But watching these people come together, there was a moment when Tahani first comes to the experiment. Yep. And she's talking to Eleanor and Chidi, and Eleanor's like, um, you know, saying how much like she's not impressed by her sister, and you see like your Camilla uh, sister or whatever, and she yeah, Tahani's just like, oh yeah. yeah, and but she like yeah. Tahani like really appreciates that Eleanor you know, doesn't care about a sister. Yeah. And then Eleanor's like, oh, you want to stay on my couch? And she's like, oh, looking at you. Obviously not. <laughs> yeah. um, so watching those people really bond on earth without, no, I think that could have been a really special thing as an audience I, member I was, I was, and cementing those relationships. And then they find out that the good place or there's, yeah. you know, another world and that they're doomed because now they know. And then so we spend the second half learning about all the rules and why they don't work. But now we have a solid foundation of friendship, of bonding. I would have loved if it went that way. Yeah. I just think about, it feels like there's like three or four seasons in this season. Because yeah. it's like, <laughs> yeah. the thing I kept writing is at the end of an episode, I'd go, okay, the setup's done. We can finally get the season rolling. Yeah. And then another thing would happen. It's There'll like, another oh, setup. Mm, it's another <laughs> yeah, status. True. Yeah, yeah, more setup. The status quo has changed again. Now it's time to get the season rolling. And I, th- I really mm. thought, but the, so the first trick was Janet and Michael are in the good place or, you know, in the afterlife watching them mm. as the experiment happens. Got to get Michael and Janet onto Earth. Okay, that's the first step. Then we've got to get them to a place where they all know each other. A year goes by and we have some fun with uh, Trevor. That was cool. Um, A year goes by and they've snowplowed or whatever and they're going to break apart. And then you're like, okay, where do things go now? Oh, they find out that the afterlife is real and they're all all being dead and that they can't get to the good good place anymore because now they know. We've finally got our six characters back together. Then we go on sort of family journeys, journeys where... Tahani goes to see Camilla and Eleanor goes to see her mum, which is a big revelation that her mum's still alive, whatever. And uh, Jason goes to Pillboy. Oh, no, no. Donkey, Donkey Doug, Doug. Thank you. And then I was like, okay, I guess this is the core of the season. I'm not really loving this. No. No. We switch again and then we kill them all and then we head back to the, the afterlife. And then a bunch of stuff happens in terms of uh, finding out about how things work and mm. then the season's over. But it ends in a great place does, where you're like, yeah. we're back in the good place. Yeah. Or the good place, inverted commas, a new experiment starting. We're back in a familiar territory where we've got structure again. A way I sort of said it, it reminded me of like, if we spent a season of cheers on the road and then at the end of the season, they came back to the bar and be like, oh, thank God we're back here. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. what it felt like to me. And even in the middle of the season when, uh, with that library episode where Ted Danson, where, uh, Michael and Eleanor are <laughs> yeah. doing things and they're having flashbacks to the good place. The sense of relief I had that mm. we were back in the oh, good yeah, place. Oh, yeah, nice. And, like, back with the characters who had actually we'd seen grow up together and yeah. feel that connection growing was so powerful. I was just like, mm. why are we still on Earth? That, Can we leave, That please? episode was uh, a, a little problematic for me because I I definitely enjoyed it. But it was, that whole episode basically felt like 
Hey, remember you and you and Chidi are a thing. So remember that you're in love. Oh. And don't even get me look, started. Oh. Look at these no, memories you have. Let's this. let's not watch real evidence of you two mm. fall in love. Just look at these things that we didn't show before, mm. but definitely happened. Yeah. But at the same time, I felt myself enjoying those moments because, like you said, it was yeah. in the good place. It was in a place that was familiar. And I was just kept thinking, why wasn't why yeah. weren't these moments just in the first season? Well, here's the thing. All right. So I. As we all know, if you listen to the podcast of season one, two, don't buy Eleanor and Chidi. Yeah. Not for a fucking second. Me second. neither. Like, it doesn't work for me. But what I have a real problem, one, because they haven't developed that relationship, I think, but also- They have in- Flashbacks. In flashbacks, apparently. Times we've never seen. Yeah. They are, that's, it, they're just telling me yes, that they're in exactly, love. They're yeah. not showing me, which I hate. Yeah. But what really bothers me about it is I wholeheartedly- disagree that Eleanor would think that experiencing romantic love would be a more more of a revelation than just experiencing friendship because this character she has bonded with these people or sh- or should have we should have seen that and has finally experienced selfless love with them sure yeah. she was never able to experience connection on earth mm-hmm. that is the big thing the fact that she has found a family is the big thing yeah that's so Chidi true is not an extra added layer of like oh, now, now that's romantic love all of a sudden yeah it's unlocked this big thing that's not it at all she has always been a loner now she has a family yeah that's important it, that's isn't there where a big it should Simone be says the whole thing it's the idea of yeah, like the, me the, versus us. us exactly oh uh, yeah so yeah. i when simone was on the scene despite the accent I like the character. I like. I bought her and Chidi's chemistry. Totally, so it was totally so there. Much I was like, yes. move over, Eleanor. This is fucking but great. One of my favorite bits in this season was when <clears throat> Chidi's in the MRI machine. Yes, and Eleanor is being a friend. Yes, yes, totally. that was like, like, oh, I, I loved it. Like, That's a great rom com like yes. moment. That's a so fantastic. Good. Like you could put that in a movie mm. and go, oh, that was cute. Yeah, yeah. like that worked so well. Mm-hmm. That bit. Agreed. And I, I kind of hope in the that. Chidi and Eleanor aren't this soulmate thing that in next season, Chidi and Simone fall back in love and Eleanor once again has, has to selfless love and just oh, be like, it. this is wonderful Let's, for that you. That should be it. Please that is do the that. Right yeah. move, right? I think so. That is the right move. We mm. cannot. And then we got room for Eleanor and Tahani. Hey, make it go. happen. Make it happen. <laughs> I think I, I think that's the right move because one of the things I was going to get to later on was there's a, the setup at the end here. It's so obvious what the drama has to be next mm. season. Chidi has to be the one to teach everyone ethics. Simone is one of those people. Yeah. They're going to spend a fuck ton of, t- ton of time together. And Eleanor has to be the architect. Yeah. So she has to be removed. Mm-hmm. She has to sit here and watch these two people reconnect. Because yeah. this is the this is the dumb thing about this ending. As mm-hmm. much as I quite like the last episode, um, the idea that Chidi is worried that his memories of a woman that will not remember him is going to give away yeah. this an experiment. No, is- no, that's no. Because we know who Cheaty is, right? Sure. And the core of his character is that he freaks out all the fucking time. He doesn't believe that he will be able to control his reaction and he feels like he's going to give it away, which I think he probably would because being honest is who Cheaty is. Yeah, that's That true. is at the core of who he is and that's what gives him so much trouble. And so he will feel compelled to either tell her to some degree what's going on so I think like so it makes sense. Well, um, I because I was just like, well, just don't, just act normal, just yeah. don't do anything, mm-hmm. don't say anything. But, but I don't believe it's with within Chidi to do that. I sure. Think yeah. thing there. And the stakes are extremely high. They yeah. they they. Yeah. I agree okay, yeah. with that, and I I think I okay, fair enough. I think you get us to a point there. Yeah. 
But there's then, a bit of brain work there that needs to be done to make that like, oh, okay. You're like, think- you really got to think about who cheaty is. Okay, yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. That tracks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess the, the thing is that if, yeah, by, by putting, by wiping his memory, there is no way around the idea that him and Simone are going to reconnect. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like that yeah. is going to happen. I hope and so. so the idea that of the whole Eleanor having mm. to give up cheaty thing is a really good one, yeah. especially because we've established that so every version these people have has a different outcome in terms mm-hmm. of who they're with. Fucking Jason's been with both Tahani and uh, Janet at different times. Mm-hmm. Eleanor has and hasn't been with cheaty, depending on what's going and on, and has been with Tahani, which we didn't get to see. Yeah. We didn't get to see. Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> see, that's <laughs> the thing. If if one version where uh, cheaty and Eleanor is enough to make them the like. Yeah, the OTP. Game, OTP. Yeah. The same thing happened to you know. Exactly. Like, please give me <laughs> yeah. that. Please Did, give um, me that. It could happen. Maybe Did I you... should tweet Michael Schur every day, or just someone from the cast, or all yes. of the cast every day. <laughs> you so can like, make please, a difference. You make a difference. <laughs> Um, did you guys watch How I Met Your Mother all the way through? No. Um, I really started to falter in the last couple of seasons. Oh, yeah. You have every right to. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> really started to falter. I got did so you see, Ted. Did you see the la- the moment when they revealed Yes, the I did. It was awful. So, I got, uh, <laughs> I got such similar vibes watching this. They In that show, they reveal the mother Spoilers as- Spoilers for How I Met Your Mother. Sorry, everyone. Skip yes. ahead a couple it's, of minutes if you don't want to spoil for that. Who yeah. cares? It's, it's crap. Not, it's Honestly, not, it's not worth- Rewatching through, it's oh, great. It's no, not great. It's, it's dated really poorly. It's a really poorly dated show. It's it really po- it really informed me. When I was a terrible Spoiler person. alert. Yeah. It's always been terrible. When, when it's I was, always been terrible. I was a teenager when I was watching Exactly. I was a 17-year-old boy. We like First idolized- First of all, bro, you weren't a teenager. You were in your early 20s. When it first started, I'm pretty sure I was still in high school. Yeah, you would have been like. How much 18, younger? Are you? Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's say that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we we older than I look. I mean, younger than I look. <laughs> we idolized Barney and like all the things like the bro code and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, and it was like now. looking back, it's yeah. so toxic yeah. and mm. gr- and yucky and just. But point is, uh, when they introduced the mother character, she was this likable, uh, incredibly charismatic, Maddie got along with all girl. the character. Well, y- yes, but she had her own personality. Sure. She wasn't a just- A oh, conduit for change have pancakes for else. every meal. Um, she was. I don't know. Well, I it. Nor yes, will and, I ever watch it. Yeah, it kind of was. She, she was, <laughs> but she could have been- Like, I would have loved seeing more of her. And oh, yeah, yeah. That's Instead of that, they've been like- Okay, here's the mother and marries Ted and then wrap it up in one episode, basically. Felt like they did the same thing here with Simone, where it's pushing, like, here is this idol woman who Chidi has genuine uh, uh, simpatico with. Yeah. Ooh, simpatico. Yeah, thank you. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) But shove it aside because we care about Eleanor. Sure. And if the, the the first three seasons, the first three sorry episodes, because that's all that Simone's in. I think uh, she's gone by the time. First yeah, three by, episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. three and or four. Whichever Jeremy Barrymy is, the, she's the last. The last one. No, no, it's, it's a it's a little bit late. Yes, Jeremy yeah. Barrymy. I think it's like five, isn't it? It must be five because the, he has to break up with her as well, which is like after Jeremy Barrymy. Oh yeah. Okay. So in so the, episode six, in the Ballad of Donkey Dog is episode five. Correct. Which. Half of that story is just not very interesting. You mean and half for Jason half is <laughs> super interesting going through all the ways that he can break up with Simone without hurting her. You know the, what yes. the best one was? Which one? When Eleanor when just Eleanor goes in, in and oh, just like yeah, yeah, yeah. and they were, I look, I'm gonna say it. 
Eleanor is obviously she's bisexual. It's it's canon, but she has so much more chemistry with every other woman in the cast than oh, she yeah. did. <laughs> yeah. Like when when she's like always like perving on Janet and stuff. When she's clearly perving on Tahani totally. all the time. Yeah, yeah. just You're let her right. fuck a woman. <laughs> God damn it, let me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, Veronica Mars, uh, like fan fiction brain would explode. Anyway. Uh, just quickly, just I don't want to stay on this too long. I, I do. Let's keep talking no, about Eleanor being gay. <laughs> I was going back to Hamish Mother for a second. Mm. My big belief, I'm just going to put this out there because it's a good platform for this. I'm a big believer that the problem, one of the biggest problems Hamish Mother had apart from being toxic and gross, if you think back on it, was that they tried to pull out the who is the mother thing for too long. Oh, yeah. What they needed to do was about four seasons before they did it, just get to the mother and then change the title of the show, a la Two Guys and a Girl in a Pizza Place. Mm. Got rid of the pizza place, just Two Guys and a Girl, and make it How I Married Your Mother. And spend some fucking time with that woman yeah. and actually just, just God, have the story continue. Everyone wants to see Ted and Robin together. Everybody no wants it. Especially in those last four seasons. I couldn't have wanted it less. Oh, mate. Fuck, yeah, that was the worst. And it feels I think we the all wanted here. to see Ted dead. Wasn't that the general consensus that Absolutely. he was the worst? Yes. Yeah. You know what? That's, that's right. <laughs> Correct. So- was there any growth? Did any characters have growth this season that you can think of? Did Michael have growth? Did Janet have growth? Did anyone have growth? I actually felt genuine growth moments with Tahani, uh, even though she did have a big dummy spit at her sister's exhibition. The conclusion that she came to there that her parents had pitted her and her sister against each other and that was more that what she realised was her problem with her sister was that there was something bigger there. I mean, I think she had closure with her sister yeah, this season. Maybe that's but, a better word. But, I, but yeah. I think we had already had that yes. revelation before. Um, so, yeah, like I've I've got a bit of please, a passage no, to read about go, it because I was just please. writing stuff while I was watching. And I wrote, um, while the character of Janet is continuing to evolve – which I love. I love what mm-hmm. they're doing with Janet and with Michael. Like those two characters continue to like grow and learn and kind of adapt, which is great. Definitely. Um, but this season, many of the characters are stuck in the samesies. We seem to be having similar revelations to the ones we've already had. Eleanor does her little two step between being her trash bag self and becoming comfortable with her love for the others. But ultimately we know where she'll land. Chidi is a hyperventilating mess with a good heart who ultimately will swallow his fears to do the brave thing. Then we have Tahani who will make a lot of jokes about being absurdly rich and privileged until she is so supremely undermined by her own insecurities that she shifts values. And Jason will act like a moron the whole time saying things in an absurd lilt that hurts my brain. And that's all that (laughs) happens with him. Which then got, so there's like patterns there, which then got me thinking about Parks and Rec, which I love. And we have, you know, Leslie Knope will be overly enthusiastic and confident, but the world is a stupid place and will, you know, will shit on her and beat her down, which in which she will then rise stronger because she knows she's doing what needs to be done. That's mm-hmm. her pattern. We also have Ron who says lots of grumpy man things about meat and wood and how terrible <laughs> technology is, but then he will show this huge amount of softness and empathy towards those he cares about. That's his pattern. So it's not wrong or bad at all that characters fall into patterns. It's a comedy. Especially in sitcoms. Well, that's the thing. It's a comedy and yeah. that's who they are and that's that's kind of the beat of the jokes there. But what I really wanted from this show were moments of reflection and bonding and I was given a few, particularly, mm. but uh, sorry, but I was given a few, particularly towards the end. And I, I remember specific moments of this when Michael turns towards Janet as they begin to design the new good place and he smiles and says, I'm glad you're here. Yeah. That was yeah, a beautiful moment because we had was, seen yeah. them like we, 
that's a friendship that we are really seeing yeah. evolve and like fuse together. And I think they're doing a great job with that. Yep. And there's also the moment, obviously, with Janet, it's, you know, Janet stuff, but Janet and Eleanor sit in the loss and the hurt that they oh, have each experienced and they discuss oh, yeah. the why there's always room for appreciation for our experiences and hope for future moments of happiness. Oh. Like that stuff is really the, great. The monologue that Darcy pulls out there is just, just sells. Mm. The, so, she's the main draw of why I'm here. Absolutely. So like the answer is, yeah, we, we are experiencing the same revelations, the same character arcs that we have in previous seasons. Unfortunately, the growth like they're showing that they do have the capacity to do that with Janet and with Michael. I think particularly with Janet, we get there in the end. You know why though? Do you know why Michael and Janet are the ones that we feel the most though? Is because they're the only people who have continuous memories from season one to season mm-hmm. three, yeah. right? And so we get to feel that, and we get to feel that growth because mm-hmm. when she, when Michael has that moment, I'm glad you're here. They remember yeah. starting the good they place have together. Been through so much. The bit yeah. where Janet was malfunctioning and have that amazing episode of Michael and Janet in season two, which I still love to bits. So mm. good. And we get to this moment and it feels real. And this is the thing about Parks and Rec as well. Yes, those patterns happen over and over and over mm. again. But you know that they remember that time, that yeah. that previous time this happened with yeah. them. You, you know feel that, them getting stronger. Yeah. For example, yeah. every time every Leslie time. Nope gets up, she comes with more self-assuredness because of all the things that she has experienced. Like her confidence level grows. Well, she's always been like obnoxiously confident. It came from a place of ignorance. But yep. as the seasons go on, yeah. it comes from a place of actual knowledge and knowing what she's learned. And that support yeah. network around her gets mm. stronger and yeah. stronger and stronger. Her yeah. relationship with Ben, her relationship yeah. with Ron, her relationship with all of those people. I love her, the stuff they do with um, Aubrey Plaza's character, whose name I forgot. April. April, April, thank you very yeah. much. I knew it started with A. Um, like all of that gets stronger over time. Mm-hmm. And you feel that because there's yeah. continuity. And this is the biggest point I wanted to make, and not a revelation, we've already kind of said this, but the memory wipes have taken their toll as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. The fact that we keep reseeing these people and they have to reconnect, mm-hmm. there's no continuity from one to the other. Eleanor gets a little bit because she gets to remember some of it, but mm-hmm. most, the rest of the cast don't except for Michael and Janet. Yeah. And it just leaves them feeling like different people every time. We have to restart. That yeah. growth is not natural. Yeah. You feel it with Janet because Janet's had mm-hmm. continuous growth. Absolutely. Michael too. Everybody else gets stuck. Yeah. Yeah, doing the same patterns. But like having to restart from the beginning yeah. and you just don't feel that cohesiveness yeah. happening. And I think what and if it's I, there, it's artificial. Yeah. What I'm really excited about is because now they are stuck with their memories except for Cheaty. And what excites me, but also makes me incredibly sad in that last moment between Janet and Eleanor is that Eleanor will remember. Yeah. And that's finally. the important thing. Yeah. The the writers I can see them when they came up with this memory wipe thing and the fact that they've done so many reiterations of The Good Place, mm. thinking, yes, we've got so much freedom now. Anytime we need a plot point to happen, we can have Michael say, oh, by the way, you did this in one of the repetitions. Therefore, we can write ourselves out of any situation. Or but they've ended yeah. up writing themselves into a corner here because yeah. it means that we never, until they get out of that system, we're never going to see actual development. Again, it yeah. becomes a show don't tell situation where they are well, just yeah, unfortunately telling us every time this is they the go, thing, oh no, you believe believe in cheating in Eleanor yeah. because it did happen. You just didn't see it happen yeah. in real time. Mm. Well, their justification is like, oh, show don't tell. We'll show you, no. but yeah. in a telling <laughs> way. No, no, it's it's always so it telling. Is, yeah. <laughs> and A flashback is just narration. Yep. It's yeah. It's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially when it's essentially retconning. When we mm. go, oh, that 
like that sequence at the end in the last episode where Cheedy, where Michael's made the little clip show for them. Mm. Uh, yeah. It's like I I feel the some of the emotion because the I actors feel bring Eleanor's it. sadness. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Mm. But I don't I have no connection to the vast majority of that imagery. Where was this imagery? If it was so important, where where was it in the first two seasons? It doesn't exist. And this is the difference between like because this is not the first time a show has like had false flashbacks or flashbacks of things you never saw. Community does great clip show episodes. But that's, but that's a joke. always a joke. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. This is not a joke. You are penny you're you are pegging emotional um, importance on this moment, yeah. and I can't feel that with them. You, you can't just say. I already don't believe. Like, oh, you G. had the, all these cinema paradiso moments yeah. in the past, and it was beautiful. So you feel sad now. Yeah. yeah. Like if if that had been yeah. replaced with genuine moments from the first season, which gave us some nostalgia and memories mm. from the first season, I would have been like, okay, you've connected me there because I do remember that. But you're right. It's just it's well, just telling the thing us. Is like, what <sighs> makes me you know, feel sadness in that moment is like the performances, like you said. So instead yeah. of like flashing back to these things that never happened in my mind as a viewer, if we just sat down and had a conversation between Eleanor and Chidi and we saw the loss and the pain yeah. and then when it happened, you'd be like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. You know what I mean? Like that's another moment in which they could have showed the bonding, the yep. relationship, which they chose not to do. They chose to go with a flashback instead, which is a shame. The big, because there was a big revelation as well in the Janet's episode with like about cheating Eleanor, mm. where like Eleanor's losing a sense of self, and then Cheaty says all the things that he likes about her, and then all of a sudden he decides, ah, it's cheating, it's cheating, it's wrong. You make it a spectacle, you make it magical in this like, you know, Apple Mac ad, white room or whatever it is, and have them look like Janet and all that sort of stuff. Just that the thing as well. I think Darcy Carden's doing great work in that episode. She's given a ridiculously hard task. I hope she was paid five times a normal wage. (laughs) Yeah, right. But, but that's not like that's not even our normal. That's not even Chidi and Eleanor that we recognise in that. And so you're trying to have this emotional moment, and you've got a different actress playing those roles. Mm. Like you can't even be consistent in that moment with who's playing that character. It feels so much less like the characters already, which I struggle to get my head around because uh, they're. I was just thankful that we got to see. Chris Bell and Darcy Carden kiss. And Darcy yeah. Carden and Darcy Carden kiss. kiss. To yeah, begin yeah. with. Yeah. It was a good time. The, so um, I was like, this episode is amazing. Where's her Emmy? The interesting <laughs> thing that they almost call this whole system out in episode seven, the worst possible use of free will, mm. uh, when Eleanor has a big explanation to Michael about what determinism is yep. and how nothing she does really matters because she doesn't have a choice in it. It's all... Uh, external effects on her and that's what causes her to do things and even though the conclusion of that is like no you do have free will don't worry the show is doing everything to tell us that that's not the case because mm. all the show is doing is nudging her in different directions with her past character development all these fake memories the reboots yeah. everything that's happening are external things that's yeah. forcing her into this mold that they want us to think mm. that she's achieving well yeah that's the thing it's like if i felt in any way that her choosing to acknowledge her love for chidi or whatever was like was genuinely her growing as a character was organic, was organic yeah. yeah then oh that would that would be really powerful yeah but there's yeah there's a core flaw that i think we will always come back to is that the relationship just isn't there yeah we haven't seen it and, it, and Kristen bell is 
killing it in every single way She's with amazing. this character. Yeah. And even if she can't sell the chemistry with Chidi, then there's a problem. I just, I just, they're not given, they're not given the opportunity to do it. Yeah, they exactly. just, the, the show does not give them the time yeah. to have it because we just keep skipping to these big revelations. The first time we found out that. I mean, yeah, he had the, the the choice between choosing between Tahani and Eleanor and real Eleanor or whatever it was in the first season, but that was all just part of the torture. Mm. And then we see a videotape of that they once had a lifetime together where they were, were in love, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. again, even that time, the first revelation there was love there was just being told yeah. by, some, by our flashback. As our first moment of seeing them in love was told. Us. Yeah, and we just don't. We had never seen them come together nah. properly. We see them skip to that moment yeah. over and over you're again. S- you're so right, Damask. That it would have been really great to just see them be really good friends mm. and have that be what Eleanor needed to grow as a person. Because what's like, what's what's the problem? Why is a friendship less important than romance mm. in the scheme of a show like this? I think you're spot on. If the, if the show ends the way you you think it's going to, mm. with how they resolve the relationship or between Eleanor and Chidi and give that sort of great arc to that selfless love that you're talking about. Mm. I think you got spot I, on. Yeah, I hope that's what that would That would actually maybe sit the landing for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because you can't convince me of anything nah. else, especially because Chidi's getting a fucking mind wipe again. <laughs> and he's going to have to restart any affection he has for Eleanor again. It's I don't mind that because I don't like... I don't care about the relationship. So if, it, <laughs> if it's more about... Because Ale- I think the show should be Eleanor's. Agreed. I think yeah. that's where the real interesting arc will be. You can only go so far with, you know, obviously Jason, I think also with Tahani. And I also think with Chidi, like I just don't think Chidi is a particularly interesting character. So I think like the real juice there is in the arc of Eleanor. I mean, she's she's our protagonist. It should be, be it should be about her growth. Because I think if this show says anything, it is environment molds us. Yep. And so changing your environment, changing the people you're around is all you need to become a better person. Yeah. And so because Eleanor has been devoid of love for so long, now that she is in an environment surrounded by people that love her, surrounded by people who are also dedicated to bettering themselves, she herself can better herself. And that should be the journey of the show. And I think that's what should be the journey of next season. Yeah, nailed it. Any last words? Final thoughts. That's why you always leave a note. The... Humor that is in this show is such a unique. Th- you know what? In in a lot of Mike Schur's stuff, he's got such a particular brand of humor that so often comes. So many sitcoms, the humor is that character did something r- ridiculous. Let's point and laugh at them because yeah. that's a silly thing to do. You fucked up there. Mike Schur so often comes from either a character self-realizing something about themselves or being uh, like finding humility about something mm. or just laughing at the extreme love that a character, like two friendships yeah. that a character has. It's they- like self-effacing or just talking about the silliness, not of a of necessarily a person or them being stupid, but just the silliness of life. That's right, yeah. And how we all have our, our quirks and that that's what makes it interesting and entertaining as yeah. people. To, yeah. to bring it back to the How I Met Your Mother uh, mm. sort of thing, you would watch an episode of that, laugh a lot and come out of it just – being like, oh, yeah, wasn't that character dumb when they did this? Or mm. it wasn't Ted a dickhead and they pointed it out. 
Whereas you come away from a show like Parks and Rec or Brooklyn Nine Nine or something, mm. just feeling like, man, I feel good. Yeah. I feel like well, I such- love my friends and I love being funny with them. And yeah. Well, there's such a sense of empathy about. Yeah. Like when if in one of his shows, a character is absurdly silly and does something wrong and like is ridiculed or whatever, there is such a sem- sense of empathy and kindness and usually yeah. like a purpose for that. It's not yeah. just for a joke. It's actually for character growth and that kind of thing. Yeah. It's very true. Well, let's use this opportunity to just talk about the things we do like about the show because there mm. are a lot of things I loved as well. We already mentioned- Janet. Janet. Yep. Thank you. <laughs> Every top season. My list. Yeah. Darcy Carden, still killing it. The best. Still just- Brings it every every moment of every episode. She's fantastic. I I'm love f- her I'm too. I'm f- falling deeply yeah. in love with Janet. I, I heard it again. I don't know how true this is, but there was an interview with her that she was on the cusp of basically quitting acting before the show came yeah. along because mm. she had gotten a lot of bit parts. Like she was in Broad City for a hot second and like mm. popped up in a few other things. But She's just in Barry never... with a very small part. Yeah. And stuff oh, okay, like cool. But I think yeah. she got a good place first, didn't she? It was around the same time. Yeah, I don't know right. if yeah. a good place had taken off yet. Maybe it had. I'm, either way, I'm so glad that this happened in her timeline because she's <laughs> just like found her role that she does so well oh, and so and will be recognised for it. She's going to be remembered. Yeah. At the very least, she's always going to be remembered for Janet. Hopefully, yeah. this is a springboard because she, Darcy Carden, I really feel like she should be the lead in something, a sitcom yeah. or an ongoing series. Mm. There needs to be something that we can just give her a meaty character. I don't know. Get uh, Who's the um, Killing Eve writer? Uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Yeah, get Phoebe Waller-Bridge to write yeah. something. I was just thinking, as you were, because I was staring off into the distance thinking, like, if they ever did an American version of Fleabag, I can see her in it. Yeah, totally. Cool. Just yeah. chuck her. That's something mm. like she's, that. Get- she's proven that, like, she so easily could have been the robot character that says everything in a monotone way and that's funny. But the fact that they gave her depth, they've given her growth in the so Janet's episode. Yeah, right, yeah. She's proven that she can act... Uh, mm. In so many different ways. Mm. And when she's bad, Janet, like, she displays so much, mm. probably the most range out of any of the actors oh, just because of yeah. what well, she's given Janet, to do. Janet, let's yeah. look at that, that Yeah, episode. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah. just sort of having to play five different, six different mm. versions of herself, you include neutral Janet. Like, she's got <laughs> so much to do in that episode. Yep. It's a tour de force for her. Mm. Um, I mean, one thing I love, I mean, it's a joke, but the way she plays it is so beautiful is when she's talking to Hani about... Jason and she's got all these emotions and stuff and she's like what if it comes out my butt but the way she says it while it is hilarious and I laughed I was like you feel for her because she's she's genuinely worried one about just being full of emotion and she doesn't know how it comes out of you because she's never experienced that and obviously like it comes out your eyes and she's like well that's almost worse it's, it's very good yeah oh is everything okay nope um she yeah she's Fantastic. Uh, top to bottom. Always yeah. great. Um, going back to the medium place. I love that we went back there. Uh, what, what would you think of... Um, Derek. Derek this time around. Well, he seems to have a purpose now, which yeah. is which yep. is helping me out that a lot. Was, like I can yeah, see, again, we've set up a pretty clear sen- like scenario for them going forward. He's I now her... Derek. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> He's now uh, Janet's uh, baby dadda, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's creating some tension mm-hmm. between... But also her son... Yes. Rebound or All that yeah. too. Yeah. Um, but in terms of like creating tension for the Janet Jason relationship, which I don't give a shit about, but but at least that's a I give a shit about it there. now because there's some conflict there. It's not just there's stakes. Jason's a bit Jason's a, a, a little boy and Janet. Mm. A, a I mean, I, 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 I get how he comes around. But now now we're gonna get 
Jason actually maybe feeling some jealousy emotions. We're going to... Because he so rarely feels negative sure, emotions. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. So, just getting to see something. Yeah. This is how starved I am to see something from Jason. He needs is that I'm looking forward to, to that. challenged. Yes. Mm. Yeah, yes. that's exactly right. Yeah. Though, can I say, my favourite moment is when Derek appears... And he drinks his martinis, goes <laughs> into the glass. Which great. Drinking <laughs> my classy martini. Uh, <laughs> full of olives. <laughs> I enjoyed Trevor's return. because um, mm-hmm. Always great. Always. He just has so much fun with that. Uh, Stephen Merchant. Uh, oh, yes. as the great. Count- yeah. great. Ridiculously good casting. Yeah. Yep. Um, I think his mug said something like, uh, universe's best boss or something, something which yeah. I thought was really cute. Yeah, that's very good. That's a good one. Um, Nicole Byer was great casting mm-hmm. as like the post office yeah. employee. I love when she's place. like, "I'm going to shake my fist at you," and it turns yeah. into a wave. She's like, yeah. "Oh darn it!" She's so she's so adorable. So cute. Have you heard her podcast? Why won't you date me? No. no. Very cool. Mm. Very cool. She's so because she's such a. It's got so much positive, fun energy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but she frequently talks about how much she loves sucking dick and why doesn't anyone date her because she's so into it. Like she has got, she's got no boundaries, but is so I love it. bright and, and bubbly and yeah. positive. It's just she's such a delightful person. Yeah, she was. She was on that episode of the Good Place, the podcast, and she was hilarious on that and very yeah. fun. Um, th- that was interesting too. Actually, going to the, or the closest we've ever been to the Good Place. Now being in the post office, as I think Eleanor put it, that she's four. She was four Oreos away from the Good Place. That, mm. The distance between the door, which I thought was a really <laughs> great little illustration. Yeah. yeah, but just also just to to well, so I can express that and visualize that in my real world <laughs> and to feel like that just that they're so close I mean mm-hmm. after this for yeah. so long and to be nearly there um I did feel that quite a lot and then I think my favorite joke moment idea in this entire season without a doubt is Jeremy Beremy. Mm. Yeah. The moment where <laughs> they're talking about how time does works differently in the in the afterlife and then it's Michael Jeremy writes Berry, out, it was like yeah. turns about himself and then you get yeah. something that looks like Jeremy Beremy. And <laughs> I know Chitty's not your favorite character, but the that dot, reaction. Yeah. Yeah, the like, dot, what, what's this? What it's the like, hell is that? <laughs> it's like that <laughs> is Tuesdays yeah. and yeah. also July. <laughs> oh and sometimes never. That's right. And just like <laughs> all that, this broke me. Yeah. All this, of, yeah. This broke my brain. That's yeah, the, I really enjoyed Loved that. that. The the only bit Jer- there and the was end as well. Time doesn't time doesn't matter. Jeremy, Jeremy Berry, baby. Jeremy. I also love yes. just that to the the full stop on that scene is Jana just pointing to a ransom and going, "That's, that's my, my birthday." birthday. <laughs> <laughs> love that scene. That was fantastic. The, Again, yeah. One of the standout, and I just forgot about him until right now, is the frog loving doorman. Yeah, mm, yeah, who, yeah. I enjoyed him. How how much. How psyched he is when Michael brings in the cup. With <laughs> and I the also frock love on it. Michael's enthusiasm. He's like, well, that went down yeah. way better than expected. <laughs> uh, what else do we like? Anything else we like to particularly want to talk about? Or any other topics you want to before we move on? This I just wanted to bring up Larry Hemsworth because I thought that was a great little day. <laughs> I like that too. I barely have an eight pack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when Tahani runs after does him, he she's, know like, what he looks like? she's like, saving children's spines is okay too. Like, <laughs> it's just as important oh, as just acting. Just as important, darling. Just, <laughs> like, just the idea that they're like, okay, look, we're clearly commenting on Liam Hemsworth here, but he's- Oh, no, a, the, the guy from um, Westworld, the, the, other the, the third tier. Yeah. Well, there's, an, there's three. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so, sorry, sorry, there's three. So, whatever his name is. Yeah, Luke, exactly. Uh, Luke, is Luke it? Hemsworth? Yeah. Probably. Um, <laughs> the fact that they... See, this is why this joke's funny, because yeah. no one knows. They, they went so far as to invent a fourth brother, yeah. who is still incredible. To the point where incredible. people didn't realise he actually wasn't a Hemsworth. I had to look it up. I genuinely oh, really? had to. It was like, 
Did, is there a Larry who's being a really <laughs> a good sport Larry about this? Larry I know. Uh, least favorite and favorite episode. Shawnee, what was your least favorite episode of the season? Oh, now I've got to say episode five, The Ballad of Donkey Dog, yep, just because uh, I did. I really. I was on the cusp of choosing that one. I mean, myself. I there's yeah. a small sport of episodes I could choose. This one. The Go only, on. like, and it, it's. It's hard because I really do like the B story in that episode of Chidi having to break up with Simone. Um, mm-hmm. I think we get some really... That's where we do get some good Eleanor and Chidi uh, chemistry. Sure. There. Friendship. Exactly. Beautiful yeah. friendship chemistry. There's nothing Your point wrong about with the that. MR machine. Put that on the... Etch that into stone somewhere. It's so <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, exa- it's the best that it's ever been when she's yeah. in that role. Sorry, go yeah. on. Uh, um, but yeah, I just don't care... Yeah. Like having it's basically three Jasons in that episode bouncing off each other. I can't mm. think of anything worse, right? I know. And Jason <laughs> is the most mature one in those scenes, and it's just like that's kind of which I think is kind of the point of this. It's yeah, like and he it, had it, no hope because of the people that are around him, and maybe he has yeah. grown a little bit, but yeah, just but just in, but also like he yeah. isn't really the catalyst for being like, oh, dad, don't do this. It's a, it's everyone else like um who is he with Michael and Tahani that are being like. Oh, that's a bad business idea. Whereas he was originally was like, "Oh, that's a great idea." Mm-hmm. So he's still yeah. like not yeah. being the the moving piece in that. Which that's is right. Silly. Yeah. Uh, least favorite episode to mask. I'm gonna go with episode eight, the worst possible use of free will. Um, it's obviously the one where there when she's figuring out that she loves him and all that bullshit. <laughs> um, look, I can't help but wish that Eleanor's great awakening wasn't so tied to romantic love. And as you said, Simone pointed it out best when she was speaking about how Eleanor had never had an us or been a part of a we. And that's the important distinction, not her ability to experience romantic love. And you know what would have made me more on board for a romantic relationship? An actual friendship between Eleanor and Chidi, which mm-hmm. we saw glimpses of, um, but I don't see it. You know, a few scenes in flashback does not gr- a great romance make. No. I find the premise flawed and even worse, unconvincing. Sure. There you go. Um, as I said, I had a few choices here, but I've decided to go with least favorite episode is episode nine. Don't let the good life pass you by. So this is we've all got different least favorites. Isn't that interesting? That's telling. I I think both of yours are in my mind at different times, and there are. I think all of the actually both episodes you talked about, as you said, had good elements. Like Mm. the cheese and moan stuff wasn't bad in yours, Sean. The stuff with Eleanor and Michael's not bad in your one. Yeah, I think so. Like that's okay. But for me, yeah, the reason I go with this one, I didn't. I have a problem with the Doug Forsett stuff a little bit. I think mm-hmm. that is a good example of what this show has been doing, where it's trying to be a little bit too clever. It's getting a little bit up its own ass sometimes. And the yeah. idea that Doug Forsett was the one who got closest to figuring it out when he had like a drug trip, whatever it mm. was, is a great joke when he's on the portrait in, the, in Michael's office. Uh, yeah, but do same. we need to then suggest that he acted on that and has been doing that his entire life? I felt like that was a weird bridge to cross when- to make him so important. Not everything yeah. needs to be important like that. Not when- every joke. When I was re-watching this episode, I obviously the first time around, Doug Fawcett, oh, he's so good and careful. That's yep. funny that he's doing that. Yeah, I get that joke. That's You could have done that within sort of two minutes. Mm. They keep pushing it mm-hmm. so much that when I watched yeah, it through, I was like, okay, yeah. I've only got a little bit amount of time to watch this. I'll fast forward any time they cut to Doug because it's the same note the whole mm. way through that the show took me eight minutes to watch because when it cut back to- uh, everything that the rest of the group was doing. Yep. That was interesting. That's well, the, That's one of the few times that we actually see like them together. Yeah. Really, like, which, which I think is when the show's at Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, going, so then you go back to the stuff that's happening in the bar and the stuff with the, I like actually quite 
like the way they use the demons this season as sort of like mm. this force that's behind and them chasing them sort of thing. Yet again, we have one of the best Janet sequences ever. <laughs> now, I that's where like I disagree. Oh, I don't, I don't like the action scene. I think it's... I don't think it's funny. I don't think it's entertaining. I don't think it's particularly well choreographed or well presented. I don't think there's that it's much about it. It's not well choreographed. It looks like an old Buffy episode, but I, I thought it was quite funny. I, I love that just like Sean is in the middle of this big monologue and it just, you, you are getting to a bit of a fatigue point. Yeah. And Janet literally is on your side and just starts a huge fight. And what, what are they saying? No, Michael then has the moment. It's like, why keep letting him say mean, mean things, stuff, you know, yeah. like, before yeah. pushing him in the portal? Uh, oh, I, I like just, that. Like there are moments around. I, that. I just like that I, as a I comedic set piece. Fight. I just. I don't know why it felt like it needed to be there. That's not what this show. I don't know. It did nothing for me. I know. Fight. I thought it was fun. That's yeah. fine. And then the the I think the saving grace. Uh, maybe I think part of the reason this episode is the one I like the least is because I'm really at the end of my Earth fatigue. Yeah. Like and Fair so enough. the positive ending of this though is that. Everyone gets killed at the end of this episode, mm. and we go back to um, like we're leaving Earth, and like yep. that was a relief. Yeah, 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 I don't know. I just I was really feeling the fatigue of like, what are we doing here? Why are we doing this? This is becoming tedious and pointless. And let's move on, please. Yeah. Anyway, mm. I'm okay. That's that's brought up something for me. Yeah, uh, I think a lot of times a favorite thing about an episode is always the end of like, okay, now. Now we're yeah, going to go here. Always and I'm worried that so often then that turns into something disappointing. Yeah. Is that I hope that's not what's going to happen with season four and how the end left me going, oh, yay, now we're at this point. Now is it is it the same pattern that keeps happening? Is uh, the yeah. promise bigger than the reality? The biggest yeah. fear I have of next season, just to get ahead to prediction types concerns, mm. is that we there's this amazing setup for like a journey for Eleanor based mm. around the chitty thing, based about having to be the architect, based around this experiment. What if that lasts two to three episodes? Yeah, like the to- yeah. the like the Brainy Bunch did, and like and they decide we need to move on to something else, and we need to move on to something else. It's like, can we just stop? Like, there's a season's worth of material mm-hmm. here. Can we please just let it, like the last episode? Has some time and space, and you, I liked it the most because of it. It's talk about my favorite episode, and so. Can we just have that, please? Do we have to go traipsing through the rest of the afterlife they, for another I, I, season? They, I feel like they will do it. I they, know. That's my they fear. Did it, but they did it with season two, too, because the way season one ends, you think, mm. okay, I, now I know what they're going to do for season two. And they, they, you never know what they're going to do. Like mm. I assume. I think when season one ended, I was like, how the fuck is this going to work? That's exactly yeah. how yeah. I felt, too. The show, yeah, the show does ask a lot of trust and- mm. Delivers in enough areas that I do still enjoy watching it, mm-hmm. but I, but it does ask for so much trust. I can't help but yeah. get excited about certain possibilities that don't end up happening. Yeah, I think with this season, I felt the diminishing returns. I think yes. a little bit. So I think I'm a little bit more concerned that they are so worried about um, talking about the big questions, getting the big answers that we forget about. What, why story is important, yeah. which is it, um, relation to character. All season I've been like, the setup's done, now we can just... Yeah. <laughs> I feel this way this season. The setup's done, now, now we can just... Let's do it. And I don't believe that's what's going to happen though because they all they keep doing the setup now, over yeah, and over I again. I don't know. I... I, I I'm going to hope for the best. I hope too. Yeah. So, just one last thing. Another reason I just like episode nine. It's one specific bit, but it <laughs> shat me up the wall. Mm. There's a bit where the demons are talking about how um, Michael and Janet won't save them. And Eleanor starts this big speech. It's like, this, uh, how they're going to come and you'll never beat Michael yeah. because he's so many steps ahead you'll of you. You'll never see Michael again. And yeah. then Michael walks in and goes, oh, you know, can't believe this and that. 
and like it kills the moment. It's an <laughs> obvious yeah. joke that's been in everything. And also it makes no practical sense because Eleanor is lying and she shouldn't be so disappointed when they walk in because there's no way. Like she's setting herself up for failure. It's set up for a joke that actually ex- does not exist in the story. Like, No, I think she's saying that because she doesn't know when they're going to get back because they actually leave Doug Forsett's early because they realize he's not the blueprint. So sure. they come back earlier than expected. So I th- her plan is to say that he's not going to come back so the demons leave. It's, a, it's not a good plan. And no, it's, it's and not a good plan. And the way the camera pans in, like it's some triumphant <laughs> speech about how, like everything about it is set up. It's done. It's been done before. Not only done before, it just, it doesn't work because, yeah, I don't know. The setup's not there for it, I don't think. It's, yeah. Mm, I, I, don't, I hate it. I hate it. Yeah. Anyway, okay. <laughs> uh, favorite episode, Sean. Uh, this was really tricky because they spaced out so no many episodes. <laughs> no, no. Well, they, oh, come on. I'm joking. I'm joking. The, the A stories and B stories are spaced out so sort of well. I feel like the creators. It's could hard to tell... find an even episode. Yeah, exactly. Mm. That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, I think the one that I enjoyed most at the time watching it weeks to week was probably Jeremy Beremy. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's when the gang gets revealed. Uh, there's an afterlife, like everything is okay. Game's being changed. How are they dealing with that? We're getting some, like, as much development as the show will allow. Tahani and Where, Jason stuff did nothing for me in that episode. At, yeah, at least, like, Let's go to the Sydney Opera House and give the Sydney Opera House money. You just walk in onto oh, cool. the stage. <laughs> and the, the okay. director is just happily to accept it. She's like, sure, I'll. Write up the paperwork. Like, also, she knows who easy. she is. Yeah. 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 It's like, do you? Everyone knows. What if who she's a janitor? Tahani you don't know Al- who this is. Al Jamil is. Yeah. Oh yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> she's famous. At least I was seeing evidence of that, and uh, Eleanor returning the wallet. I was like, okay, this is what you promised from the start of the season. Them learning moral things and actually applying it in real life. You're not telling me that they've learned these concepts and not doing anything about it. So there were those. They were a little ham-fisted, uh, but at least like, and the excitement that I felt while watching that for the first time was like, okay, this this progress feels good to me, and because of that, those isolated feelings, that's the probably the point in the show that it, why I was enjoying the most. Sure, fair enough. Damascus episode. episode. Uh, episode 13, Pandemonium. Because yes. this is the episode that gave me the touchy-feely friendship and connection vibes I always wanted. It also got me excited for what's going to come next, which is good. With And also none of the episodes really did that very much. It was just kind of like, oh, I hope I get something good next. But I wasn't excited for the journey that we were on because yeah, I wasn't yeah. sure what the journey was, which I think now there's clarity around, hopefully, what the, what the journey will be, I think. Um, and for the first time, I had an inkling of care for the relationship between Eleanor and Chidi. Not necessarily about the romance, but what just that connection means to Eleanor's growth, I guess. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. Favorite episode, episode 13, Pandemonium. Mm-hmm. Almost every, everything you Janet's said there. Janet's stuff is fabulous in that episode as well. Yeah, the scene yeah, at the yeah, end true. of Janet Eleanor is excellent. I also think it was a particularly funny episode. Mm-hmm. I... Laughed at Jason three times this episode. Remind me what is what wrong with me. I actually I- had that moment as well when Jason's like, um, obviously Eleanor's the architect and stuff, yeah. and he's like, "But I don't really know what's going on right now." And just like he, there was something uh, meek about him, yes. and it actually made me laugh. It wasn't like, "Shut up, you obnoxious twat." Yeah. There was a bit I didn't mind as well where they're they're talking with um, Sean, I think, and the judge maybe in like mm. the the, the FaceTime. Oh, thing. Simone's asleep. 
And, so, and he's like, and she's asleep. We can't work with this. And I was like, that was that was really funny to me. For, yeah. There was something about his delivery or the way he was written this episode that was like, mm. more of whatever this is, because that's yeah. working for me. I agree, me. yeah. yeah. I'm shocked know. by that. Yeah, that was the thing. I was like, I don't know why now, but yeah, I'm, I'm like, why am I? It's so weird. I may, I've never What is wrong jokes. with me is what I wrote. <laughs> I, I may have to change my, my favorite episode answer after discussing this. Because the only, <laughs> the only reason it was bringing me down there was the, the big... Wait, was it in that episode that there was the like all the flashbacks of the lovey moments between Cho- yeah, the, they have the, the, the slideshow so thingy? Yeah. yeah, yes, yes, okay, it is. yeah. yeah that it, just like it really like brought it mm. so down for me in that moment. That, that, sucks, that impacted but too. The cutting to Eleanor and Cheedy, Kristen Bell's performance. I mean, yes. that is a great scene for like yeah. revealing something for her. The, the thing is, I think yes, obviously the work has not been done before this episode for this moment to work. But what is being done this episode mm. is pretty well executed. I think that's the thing for me. It's like, yes, I don't buy Chidi and Eleanor, but I'm enjoying the performance that they're both putting forward. I'm enjoying what they're saying about these characters, what they're trying to push these characters. All of that stuff was great. It's not that episode's fault. It's the rest of the show's fault yeah. for not getting us to this moment properly. That's right. It feels, Does that make sense? It feels like it's just uh, like like patching up yes. as best mm. they can. Definitely. At least they're trying to fix the problem. Yeah. that's the, you got to to the credit, yeah. they're trying... Very hard mm. to dig it, and to have a show with such weird concepts. The fact that you can wipe someone's memory, there's afterlives, there's all these wacky rules. The fact that they're containing it enough is sort of a miracle because mm. there's this show could very easily just go off the rails. Yeah, predictions, hopes, concerns for the next season. I've already talked about, we've already talked about predictions for what's going to happen with Chidi and Simone and Eleanor. Yeah, I think that's a great prediction from you. Yes. Um, my biggest hope is that season four is the last season. Yeah, I think I think this needs to come to a conclusion. I think isn't that wasn't that the plan? Was the plan, but when mm. you keep getting renewed, sometimes you just keep rolling with the punches, baby. That's true. Yeah. And uh, I don't want this show to outstay its welcome mm. um, because it re- like the the risk of it just falling on its face is really high. I think mm-hmm. yeah. if you keep trying to push it too long. Um, you could maybe get to the end of season four and do like a really big shift, like sort of what some like scrubs and stuff did. But honestly, just move on to a different project, I think. Mm-hmm. Let it be its thing. Yep. Um, that's my big hope. Anything yeah. else, Marie? Yeah, I I would like to echo that. I'd like they've gone on this big journey about what is good, how do you be good? I feel it's such an ambitious question to ask, mm. but we are actually getting actual answers that are affecting the way I think about it in real life, mm-hmm. which is crazy that a sitcom kind of show mm. can make me have those thoughts. And I feel like they're at a place now where they can reach a conclusion with that. And I hope that they do. Yeah, I think they've they've set up all the the pins to like knock it down to like be really impactful yeah. and to really have those great character moments. So I think we're there now. So if they stick the landing in season four, I will be very happy for it to finish. As long yeah. as they don't just move on to the next lane before they've actually let exactly. those pins be knocked over, yeah. that's my biggest concern. Mm-hmm. Is going to keep they get itchy feet and they just keep moving to the next idea without mm. finishing or really, yeah, have a satisfying sort of time with that idea. Well, mm. I hope you're emailing Mike Sure all these ideas. Oh, daily. Um, <laughs> the other thing I'm hopeful for, um, the fact that we've still got two other participants we haven't mm, met yet that could be yeah. there's some potential there for who these people mm, are that are yeah. there to so be so we've got one for eleanor one for eleanor and one, one for, for jason. jason we still don't mm-hmm. have and like you've already talked about jason like they're maybe starting to give him something mm. a challenge Let's yeah give maybe him another- they'll, yeah they'll give him someone that makes him interesting and yeah. maybe a little bit more I, complex I am yeah tentatively excited for that 
Hope, sp- hope springs eternal, yep. right? That they'll find something to do with Jason finally. <laughs> yep. And God knows Eleanor, she could have a million. Of, I think Simone by herself could be. Yeah. Maybe Simone's actually the one that's there for Eleanor. And it's, and, yeah. and well, right. I feel like that that is what they're push- pushing. They sort there. of suggest it was Cheaty's one, but they, they don't have any oh, proof okay. of that. Yeah, so there no, could be another saying. one that's yeah. for Cheaty. They think it's for Eleanor, but really it's Cheaty's. Well, it doesn't matter because he be rebooted anyway, right? So he, he's been rebooted now. Yeah. But it, what if it makes? What if Simone's there to put the to upset Challenge things for Eleanor? Eleanor yeah. And the thing, the person they send to upset Cheaty is there to stop him from being an oh, effective teacher, teacher. Yeah. As yeah, opposed right. to gotcha. like, does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, we will see. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Hunting Seasons. You can find more of what we do via our website. HuntingSeasonsPodcast.com. Our logo and design work comes from Sean Kirkpatrick, aka at Shawnee Boy Draws. Our theme song from Jordan Calavis and our bumpers from Lucas Hile, a birthday loyalty club. Find links to their works in our show notes. You can also find myself, Broderick Gordis, on Twitter at B Gordis, B G O R D E S Damask. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at Maskymoo, M A S K Y M O O. Sean. I've, you've spooked me already. I'm at Shawnee Boy Draws. Or you done On Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Follow this man. Thanks, guys. So, you know, uh, today is Hourly Comics Day. So, that's uh, a thing where... Hourly? Oh, you do one every hour. Yeah. So, for every hour of the day, you do a little... Have you been uh, drawing this entire time? No, no. (laughs) So, so, uh, I'll be drawing one for every hour, whether they come out every hour. Ah, So, uh, look forward to your little inclusion then. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, And thank you very much for being on the show, Sean. Always love having you on. Look forward to having you on this time next year and maybe something in between who knows it's always a treat guys thank you <laughs> our next episode Damask and I will be back to discuss True Detective Season 1 I've already started re-watching that I haven't that. <laughs> uh, in the meantime thank you again for listening we will see you next time bye for now bye bye Join the core cast are notable guest appearances from Michael McKean, Stephen Merchant, Nicole Burr. No, Nicole ah! Burr. Wait, wait. Just so the audience knows, Broad asked us just before how to pronounce that because he didn't want to get it wrong. And classic Broad got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be put at the end of the podcast because I'm not going to uh, let this be. No. Let put the it, shame shine I'll put through. it at the end. <laughs> Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. 
No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.